Hello and welcome to the fifth annual Tupperware's Award Show, where we hand out tuppies for the best and for the worst of the previous year. This year, 2017, thank God it is over. I don't know about you, but it's over. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to 2018 either. It's been terrible as well. Uh, as some of you know, I just got out of surgery, and so now I've got to build the strength back up in my Achilles tendon, which I tore. So uh, not looking forward to that. 2018 has sucked so far. But uh, there were some great things that happened in 2017, and we are going to celebrate those things in this episode. I just want to remind everyone that these are just our choices. So it's something that we named off that we really enjoyed, that you enjoyed, that we didn't say. Uh, It's... These are our choices. These are our opinions. So, uh, And we haven't seen every movie either. We haven't seen every show either. We haven't watched every performance from every actor or actress. So, you know, don't sweat it too much. These are just our choices and our opinions. But, um, you know, 2017, man, it was it was a rough one for a lot of people, um, even people close to the podcast. Uh, we saw um, Adam West pass away this year. Um, Tom Petty passed away. It was a rough year. But then there were some great things that happened this year as well. Two of our listeners that actually found each other through the podcast are now engaged to be married. So that, like, blows my mind that that is a thing that happened. So there are some wonderful things that happened this year. But without further ado, here is this year's Tupperware's 5th Annual Awards Show. Episode 216. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over Culture pushed over pop culture. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's pop culture leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. I'm on painkillers, and this is going to be the worst awards show we've ever had. Um, so just throwing that out there, but we are joined by a guest, uh, Dan West. Welcome. What up? All right. Yeah, if this is your uh, first time listening to uh, the Tupperware's Awards show, what we do is we pick the, the best and sometimes the worst of the previous year, 2017. And uh, I, I'm just going to tell you the worst podcast episode we're going to put out all year is this one. So Yay! all right. I'm sorry. I am on <laughs> – I'm on multiple painkillers right now, guys. I really do not feel like myself. It is it, everybody. You know, oh, Brian's on painkillers. Should be a fun episode. Fuck off with that shit. This sucks. Um, it's not fucking cute, and it sucks. So um, yeah, this is gonna be a gonna be a doozy. 
So anyway, um, but yeah, I, 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 I have, I had been looking forward to going over all of our picks. <laughs> and then, I don't know, guys, I just had surgery, um, on Wednesday, so, uh, and, uh, I'm just getting over that, and uh, if I don't take the painkillers, then the pain is just, like, unbearable, so, yeah, I gotta take them, and I gotta, I, gotta, I guess I have to, uh, sacrifice how I feel mentally, uh, for, you know, how I feel physically in the meantime, which sucks. So anyway, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be going over all of our picks. We have all of our different categories. Guys, I am going to be playing bumpers this, uh, episode. You will not be able to hear them, Dan and okay. Jay. So Thank don't you. fucking yammer on <laughs> like a couple of assholes. I, I will let you know when the bumper concludes. It's when I start okay. talking again. All right. So that's how it's going to work. I right, gotcha. All right. I know it's a complicated instructions. Guys, if I'm a dick, it's because of the painkillers. That's what I'm going to go with anyway. Um, so. Yeah, not quite the Billy Crystal like Oscar opening speech here. Oh, like- you're not helping. You're not helping. <laughs> you're not helping, Jake. This is not helping. All right. Anyway, uh, let's see here. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm in a shit mood. I'm sorry, guys. I can't. I really can't control it. And it sucks. Um, let's see here. I guess we're just gonna, uh, on with the ceremonies? I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, here we go. Uh, you guys ready to start? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Alright, let's see here. We're gonna start this year with the, uh, best comic book artist of the year. Comic book artist of the year. Picture pages, picture pages, time to get your picture pages, time to get your crayons and your pencils. Picture pages, picture pages, open up your picture pages, time to watch the Cosby do a picture page with you. All right, do you guys, uh, do either one of you have a uh, comic book artist of the year? I do. All right, go for it. I am going to give comic book artist of the year to Jeff Darrow. Um, I, do you guys know who that is? Nope. No, I'm okay, sorry. Okay, he, he does Shaolin Cowboy and put out a, like a career retrospective hardback this year called Lead Poisoning. Um, you guys would really like him. He has really detailed designs and pencils. Uh, he did all the pre-con work for the original Matrix film. Oh, wow. So you might be like familiar with that stuff. Um, his stuff is amazing. If you've never seen Shaolin Cowboy, you should check it out. I think Jeff Darrow is one of the best pencilers today that really has never stepped foot into, like, the Marvel or DC pond. So, I mean, his stuff is just amazing. It's really, you know, I haven't read too many comics this year. I've kind of let that go with money situation and everything. But I always try to look at what Jeff Darrow's doing. That lead poisoning, which is his, like, career retrospective, is all pencils with no colors it's got a bunch of his Matrix stuff in there. It's got a bunch of his Shaolin Cowboy stuff in there. Did he do the 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 Matrix animated? Um, no, that was actually done by a bunch of different um, famous anime animators in different studios okay. over there. Yeah, I didn't and know he didn't have any involvement in that. But yeah. he's like the guy directly responsible for a lot of the visuals that you see in the way the stuff looks. You know. Yeah. The real kind of Geiger-inspired, really detailed creatures within the Matrix. Nice. So yeah, really, I you know I suggest you Google him and check his stuff out on Facebook. He he is really amazing, and he only puts out one or two issues of Shaolin Cowboy a year. It's kind of one of those things. So you can kind of get the whole run in just a couple hardbacks or softbacks, and well worth the checkout. Cool, Dan. Do you got anything? 
Uh, yeah, I've got um, my uh, winner for Best Comic Book Artist is um, Emil Ferris, who did My Favourite Thing is Monsters, which is, um, it's they come out as a graphic novel, and I think there's two now, but her art style is is like amazing. It's like ballpoint pen, and they've put it on lined paper so it's like it's drawn on lined paper like a notebook and then that has been rendered into a computer and and then like printed off as is so there's no like digital manipulation or anything so any mistakes that like in the drawings and things like that they're all still there and they're so much like more difficult to kind of cover up and it's just like a real nice sort of you know going back to like you know, original artwork where you, you could, if you fucked up, you you could either have to start again or you have to try to like figure out a way to like work in those um, those mistakes into the drawing and everything. And it's kind of like a like a nineteen sort of like forties fifties kind of pulp style. Um, and the comic is about um, a girl who is trying to figure out the um, the murder of her next door neighbor, and it's. Oh, man, it's it's just a, it's absolutely amazing artwork. It's absolutely gorgeous, and it's like nothing I've seen before. Um, that you know that we have now. We have a lot of sort of like a lot of flashy artwork now, and this is uh, just kind of like going back to like grassroots of drawing, uh, pen on paper. So yeah, absolutely love it. Awesome. You know, uh, she's a native Chicagoan, and I, I can't imagine she won't be at C two E two. Oh, dude, it's it's set in Chicago as well. It's set like in the '60s in Chicago, and like even the you know like the landscapes and things like that, and like the sort of backgrounds and stuff are really they're they're really detailed, but they're kind of warped. Like she doesn't use a lot of um, like straight lines and things like that. Like a lot of it is freehand, so it's really interesting. A lot of like the character of the drawing comes out in the drawings. It's, It's amazing. Yeah, it's really, I'm looking at a lot of her stuff. It says all the people she did them while riding the train and just drawing the people that she saw. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And like you can you can see like the ballpoint pen sort of style. It's all like cross hatching and stuff. It's uh, it's very very interesting. And I mean it's, it's super brave as well. Like uh, you know this this book got um it got printed and then it got, the the people that printed it like the distrib the distributor they went bankrupt and the comic sat in storage for a whole year. So it was supposed to come out in 2016 and it didn't come out till this year. And uh, they had to go through a load of like and bullshit to get it out and then then it comes out and it looks like this and everyone's like whoa i can't believe we're missing this for a whole fucking year it's crazy yeah wow wild it's crazy to see someone using physical pen and paper writing the train to do a comic like this i know it's not with an ipad or anything wow no exactly and like i said like everything is just like scanned in to be printed and there's no there's no sort of photoshop or anything like that involved it's all just and you know you can see the the lines on the writing paper and everything it's it's really interesting wow oh, great pick dan thank you <laughs> oh, wow. yeah no pressure brian uh fuck uh let's see here i i got a runner up um mike norton uh he he's done battle pug in the past, but I, I wanted to give him like a lot of credit this year for wrapping up the 47 issue revival run. Um, I mean, that's, you don't see many runs in comic books like that anymore. Usually we're seeing, you know, you know, just a few issues here and then here and there and mini series and things like that. You, you, you're not getting 
long runs of books anymore. Like we're not seeing like 300 issues of Hellblazer anymore. And uh, Mike Norton uh, wrapped up 47 issues of Revival this year. Same artist, and I, I know Jenny Frasan did a lot of the covers and things like that, but I, I really enjoyed that book. I thought it was fantastic, so I wanted to give Mike Norton some love for all the awesome work that he's done on Revival over the past. That's a, that, that's a great pick too, Brian. I, he really stepped outside of his box, I think, to jump on that title too. Yeah. So Like I, everyone, like you said, the battle pug, his cutesy-wootsy stuff, yeah, he kind of yeah. – Five years on that book, too. So, you know, it's one of those things I collected issue to issue and really enjoyed it and really loved the mystery and I loved it. Uh, this is kind of like, I don't know, I, maybe a lot, of, a lot of people will not agree with my, my pick here because it is towards the end of the year. But um, for me, it was one of the coolest things to see Chris Samney on a Captain America book. And so I'm going to give it to Chris Samney for my comic book artist of the year. I love Chris Samney. You know, I loved what he did with Wade in Daredevil, um, and now he's doing it again with Mark Wade for Captain America. It's only been two, three issues so far, but it's been fantastic just seeing Chris Samney draw Captain America. Because, like, you know, we had JRJR draw him there a few years back, and it just wasn't great. And it's, I don't know, just I love this team, and I love Chris Samney's art, and to see him drawing Cap is just so great. It's just been the past two issues of Cap, it's just like I'm collecting the book again and loving it. So I got to give it to Chris Samney. I fucking love Chris Samney, dude. That's a that's a great pick too. His stuff always has this really clean, animated look to me that I really love. It's like the closest Marvel gets to looking like the DC animated universe stuff, kind of the way Samney presents it. Yeah, kind of like um, like a New Frontier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love his stuff. Uh, his Wade Daredevil stuff. When Paula Riviera left Daredevil, I was in shambles, and I was like, I don't know who this Chris Samney is, but fuck this. And after just like two issues, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great to see these two guys teamed up again and on Captain America. It's just – it's it's what everybody needed after that last run of Captain America where everybody was kind of upset about like the whole Cap Hydra thing. And you know, even though that – you know, we got answers to that. Um, I think that this was a nice way, kind of a nice palate cleanser for Cap fans to jump back on the book. And it's really been about, it's really been about, it's, it's Captain America on the road and spending time in different places in America. And it's just been a, a really fun, fun book. And, you know, Wade's been bringing in some classic villains and it's just, it's just really good classic Cap and the, the, the art is just clean and amazing and I love it. So. Uh, yeah, Chris Samney's my winner. Nice. Uh, let's move on into best comic book writer of the year. Comic writer of the year. All right, Jake, I guess we'll start with you again like we did last time. All right, yeah, let's let's just continue the, the discussion then. Um, I gave my best comic book writer to Mark Wade, and uh, I think you already said just such a lot, Brian. He's that go-to guy. I mean, when you make a character too dark, when you need someone to come in and clean it up and retcon it and make it fun again, I mean, you call Mark Wade at this point. Uh, that's what he did with Archie. Archie got a little too dark, and so they brought yeah. in Mark. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding about that. <laughs> That's funny. That's why. I mean, he can do other stuff too, but as far as the 
Marvel goes and DC goes. Yes. I mean, he's that guy. Like yeah. he, he just brings the fun back in. He wipes away all the convoluted and it's, uh, I just love Mark Wade. And he is one of my outspoken heroes on social media and he does not put up with any bullshit in the comic industry as far as, you know, shady stuff going on with other other people. And I I love Mark Wade on Facebook. That was part of the reason I gave it to him, too. Uh, one of the greatest people you can meet at a convention. He is my best writer of the year, Mark Wade. He was my choice last year, I believe. So, yeah, he's great. Um, last year I gave it to Scott Snyder. Uh, Dan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sort of, I'm very similar to Jake. I'm not actually reading all that much. I haven't been for the last year, but I mean, from previous history and on a, on a run that I absolutely love, I'm going to have to give, uh, best comic writer to Brian K. Vaughan for Saga because, because Saga, <laughs> basically, <laughs> because it's like, you know, nothing that I'd read previously and, um, I just, uh, every character has their their own particular voice. Nothing I've ever read feels out of character or in the situations they're in. And you know, like just like from literally from like the first the first book that I read, like the character the characterization has continued. And I mean, it's got to a stage now where like you can read bubbles and you can actually kind of tell like what character is saying that without with them like being off panel. It's um yeah it. It, it's so damn good. So, uh, yeah, Brian K. Vaughan for Saga for me. Oh, and an honorable mention for, um, uh, I haven't actually read any of this, but, um, I know that he's doing great things is, uh, Tom King, uh, doing Batman as well. Mm. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I have not read Thanks. any of the Tom King Batman stuff. So, but, yeah. Uh, so, oh, God, I, that's the thing I've got to jump on next, man, because it's supposed to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's like everyone this is a DC fan is just they're just going on about it, and I I just need to get involved. You can't go wrong with Brian K. Vaughan, though, especially you know. No, you can't. <laughs> and then Paper Girls has been fantastic as well. So yeah. Um, my runner-up is I, I know I kind of did this with my last category, but it's Tim Seeley for Revival because you know. He did a great job with Revival. I mean, writing that book. So I got to give him credit. I mean, that's, it's five years that he put into that book and he put his heart and soul into it. And it's a great book. So, uh, he's my runner up. Um, my winner of the Another year. Another Chicago homeboy. Yeah. Um, my winner of the year, it was, um, never even heard of this guy before. Uh, I'm at C2E2. I'm sitting in at a panel at C2E2 with Scotty Young, Greg Rucka, and Jordi Belair. And there's a guy that's in the panel with them that doesn't have his own table set up at the convention, but his name was Donnie Cates. And he starts talking about his book, his miniseries, God Country, and starts talking about his book, Redneck. And, um, and I'm literally like looking at the panels, the pages, reading, you know, his words for these, for these, uh, books on the screen and, and listening to him talk about these books. And I'm just like, these just sound amazing. Like redneck vampires. Oh my God. You got to be kidding me. This sounds awesome. <laughs> wow. And, and so I, I literally got on my, on my app, on my phone, uh, through the company that I get my comic books and added redneck to my pull list right then and there and started to read redneck. And it's like one of the best books that I've, that I've read, you know, all year. It's so fantastic. So, Donnie Cates for me is, and then I've read, I've 
I've read that and um, started recently picking up Vault, which just recently came out, but that's a 2018 book. But still, Donny Cates is my winner for best comic book writer, and I'd never even heard of the guy until C2E2, and now I want to read everything he puts out. He's He's fantastic. So, yeah, definitely going to. What an awesome way to be introduced to a writer, Brian. That's really sweet. Yeah, but I was like, I really wish he would have had a table at C2E2 because I would have gone. I, I was looking to see if he, if he had a table and I couldn't find him because I wanted to buy copies of his books like right then and there. (laughs) You know, I wanted to, I (laughs) wanted to buy Redneck right then and there and have him sign it for me. So, um, but yeah, it's still, it was still a very cool way. Um, to get introduced to the book and to the, into the, to the, uh, to the writer himself. Very cool. So yeah, definitely. Uh, Donnie Cates for me is like 2017's best writer. So, um, let's see here. We're going to move on into best ongoing comic book of the year. If I can find, here we go. Found it. Best ongoing comic. Jake, best ongoing comic. Do you have one? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I don't have an actual best ongoing comic book. Um, really, the only ongoing comic I read all year, which I, I very much enjoyed, is a web comic. I'm giving my ongoing comic to Cyanide and Happiness. Are you guys familiar with that? Yeah, nope. little, little stick figures yep. with the jokes and stick stuff. figures yeah. with dark humor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is from Rob DeBlaker, Chris Wilson, and. Dave McElfrick, and yeah, this I I love this comic. I check it out every week and read all seven, and it's kind of dark, twisted look on stuff. Really, really helped me out a lot in 2017. So I'm giving it the award. Nice, very cool, Dan. Awesome. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to stick to my guns, and I'm gonna be going with Saga again because it's very similar to Jake. Man, it's just it's kind of the only comic that I'm kind of picking up on the regular and i actually i wait for the um you know like well not the trades but you know like the like the compendiums that we get over here that's what i wait for because um I, I just don't have the money to be honest with you but you know it's a story that i've i've loved since uh kirby lent me the first volume and uh, i've just i've just stuck with it and i just i just find it fascinating like every single issue that i pick up it's just absolutely brilliant and you know fiona staples with the artwork as well is just absolutely incredible so yeah you can't go wrong with saga it's fantastic uh, my best yeah. ongoing comic, um, it ended this year, so it's kind of like weird that we're, I'm calling it ongoing, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't ongoing. It, this was not a mini series. It just happened to end this year. Um, it ended with the 10th issue, but I loved absolutely every issue of it. It's a book called Violent Love by writer Frank J. Barbier and artist Victor Santos. Um, you've got, uh, character Daisy Jane and, another character rock bradley and they're bank robbers they fall in love and then it turns into a story of uh revenge after daisy's father is killed by a gang and i 
I love the artwork. I love the writer. I've read Frank J. Barbier's other stuff in Five Ghosts, and I thought that that was a great book. And like, this is just like a very fucking cool kind of like Bonnie and Clyde type story. Um, and it, it's being narrated to uh, a grandfather's narrating the story to his granddaughter, and he's telling her about you know these bank robbers and and this whole story. And well, that's cool. I loved this book. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It should only be about two trades if you wanted to pick it up with the ten issues, and I think uh, everybody would get a kick out of this one. <clears throat> I really enjoyed uh, Violent Love, so that's my winner for best ongoing comic, even though it fucking ended um, just a couple months ago. So. That is my winner. Uh, let's move on into, I think, best manga of the year. Do I have? I can't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second here. All right, here we go. Best manga comic of the year. Manga comic of the year. J-pop America, fun time now. <laughs> I have nothing for this, so this is basically Jake's category, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this to... Uh, oh, crap, I'm going to drop my mic is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give this to... <laughs> you know, we've already dropped the episode, so you might as well. <laughs> I'm going to give this to uh, Black Clover. It is written by Yuki Tabata. Uh, it comes out monthly in Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, the story centers around a young boy named Asta, Um he basically lives in this world where everyone has magic power. Every single person has some kind of ability or power. And he's the guy that doesn't have one. He's the pathetic one. But then all of a sudden he gets the biggest power of all. And I don't really want to go into too many spoilers on all this and everything. Uh, they made it an anime television series. It just premiered about a month ago. There's about four episodes of that. Um, I actually kind of hate the TV show. I love the comic, but the uh, voice acting is so terrible and whiny in the TV show that it's really turned me off of it. But it's, I, I'm still really enjoying the comic. I'm going to keep going on that, but I'm out on the TV show. But yeah, Black Clover. Right on, Black Clover. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> let's uh, move on into best villain of the year. And I, I believe worst villain if you have him. Uh, let's see here. Villain of the year. Best villain of the year. <laughs> Silence, you funny fool. I've had it with your whining and bumbling. Excellent. They haven't spotted us. Cobra, attack! I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. Ancient spirits are evil. Transform this decayed form to Mumra! All right, okay, so uh, Jake, who is your best villain of the year? My best villain of the year. Are we going to do best and worst separate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. I will. My best villain of the year. I've got an honorable mention to uh, Michael Keaton. 
Uh, not from Spider-Man. That was a big joke, but from the founder. <laughs> that came out this year, the founder? It came out in 17, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Yep. It must come out early 2017. And I mostly just wanted to rip on how lackluster he was in Spider-Man there. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got honorable mentions to... Uh, Hello from Thor Ragnarok. The founder came out in 2016, guys. Okay, okay. That's fine. I, as long as you know, I just as long as you got to use that joke, I'm fine with it. Then, but <laughs> yeah, it it came out in 2016. Just so you know, oh, uh, the joke is ruined by fact. Yeah. <laughs> so he's no, uh, he, no more honorable. Man. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. Um, it was uh, <laughs> limited release in 2016, but it's saying official release here like is January 20th of this year. So you're fine. Cause I've, I've, All right. Yeah, you're fine. <clears throat> we made it. The joke is clear. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give another – I'm going to give my runner-up to Ego the Living Planet, Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, nice. Uh, I, he was fantastic, Kurt Russell. I mean, when is Kurt Russell not going not gonna to bring it? You know, he's never going to be the one to phone it in. Um, and, it, you know, it's a Marvel villain that worked, so – that's few and far between, so I got to give that some love. Uh, but I'm going to give my best movie villain of the year to Pennywise the Clown. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I, you know, Bill Skarsgård's performance wasn't the best, but just the embodiment of Pennywise and how much I love that movie, I, I got to give it to him. No, I'm the Pennywise only is back. The only reason I'm saying ah oh, is because that is my best villain of the year as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I didn't say he wasn't he wasn't good. I thought he was fucking amazing. I loved it. Yeah, I thought his best scene was the first fifteen minutes and then they yeah. like relied a bit too much on the special effects and not his performances, which which was a mistake, but I'm not taking that away from, you know, how great Pennywise was. Yeah, agreed. Yep, yeah, yeah, he's my best villain of the year as well. I oh it it's strange when you go back and watch the Tim Curry version, you know, like we kind of like lauded him as this like amazing portrayal and he was he was good, but you sort of like, you know, put that performance in, in that T V you know that T V movie as well and you just go, Huh. I, I think I was a bit too young the first time I watched it. That's why it scared me so much. And you go back and watch it and go, this is terrible. So to have, <laughs> so to have that updated version and actually have a Pennywise that is seriously fucking scary. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, I loved, I love Pennywise too. All right. Nice. Double Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Trifecta? where it, that, no, that's where it stopped. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was, it was not good in my opinion. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wasn't scared. <laughs> I wasn't scared at all. Um, let's see here. D- did you not have a runner-up, Dan, for best villain? Um, uh, Kylo Ren is my runner-up. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, I, I, that I can agree with you. Uh, my runner-up yeah, is Adam Driver is Kylo Ren is my runner-up yeah. for best villain of the year. I thought uh, just a he was so close to being the winner. There was only somebody. There's only one other person that I thought was actually better than him as a villain this year, and that was. Uh, Aubrey Plaza as Lenny or the Shadow King in Legion. I oh, yeah. oh nice. Thought she was yeah that that was my Pennywise this year. She was oh, she was terrifying and um, I I thought her performance as both the character of Lenny and the Shadow King were just amazing. Um, 
And this was not even a role that was originally meant or written for her. The, the character's name is Lenny because it was actually written for a male character. They had a male actor that they were going to hire for this. And they started, I guess they started to test her and really liked her. And they just, they ran with Aubrey Plaza. So I thought she was just absolutely phenomenal in that whole season. So I got to give it to Aubrey Plaza as my best villain. So yeah, yeah that's a I'm- great pick. I'm sure that I, yeah, nice man. I'm sure that I read that she actually asked if she could do Lenny as well, didn't she? It was like it was her idea. She read the script and she was like, "You know, I can do this too, right?" And they said, "Well, we're gonna, you know, we had it had someone else in mind." So then she actually read for the role, yeah. and they were like, "Oh shit, yeah, <laughs> like you smashed it." Okay, you got it. That's pro- if I wasn't pumped so full of painkillers right now, <laughs> and my head was clear, that's probably exactly what I would recall. So yeah. <laughs> Um, did you guys want to go over your worst? I can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> we're, both, we're both ready. ready. My, for my worst, I want to go over it real quick, is yeah. the special effects team behind the character Steppenwolf in Justice League. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to blame Kieran Hines for for that performance. I thought he did a fine job as Steppenwolf. I mean, the lines were straight out of a video game, but... Other than that, I mean, Kieran Hines' voice, his inflection, and everything was fine. I just, I've got to give the worst villain to the special effects team that that put that monstrosity on our <laughs> in front of us in the theater. It was just, it looked terrible. It was absolutely awful. So, you know, I mean, that's yeah, wow. that's the worst for me. So, what do you guys oh, that's got? Awesome. My my worst villain is exactly the same, Brian. <laughs> But I definitely have some uh, honorable mentions I'd like to give out for Worst Villain. Um, I want to give some to Ares from Wonder Woman for basically the exact same reasons they were given to Steppenwolf. Uh, I want to give give an honorable mention to Captain Phasma from The Last Jedi. Yes. (laughs) Another honorable mention to the uh, albino alien from the terrible alien movie that came out last year. Oh, Covenant. Um, Covenant, yes, yes. Also an honorable mention to uh, Michael Fassbender from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I never <laughs> even... <laughs> oh, it's terrible, man. Yeah, and like they don't know what they're going to do with the the Alien franchise now, Ridley Scott is saying, since Disney purchased Fox. Yeah, I mean, it, that's a good thing, probably, because it wasn't going to get any better, it didn't seem like, from the direction they were taking it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give another honorable mention to uh, Optimus Prime from Transformers The Last Night on his terrible villain turn. Uh, and then I'm going to give my runner-up to the uh, Demodogs and whatever else was going on as the main villain in Stranger Things 2. So, I hate it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bad guys were pretty tired in Stranger Things 2. <laughs> you didn't like the Demodogs? No. <laughs> hey, Jake, you mentioned um, Optimus Prime. I, I know I'm kind of veering from, like, the actual awards thing. But uh, there last week – hey, Dan, you remember last week on the show when I played uh, the Morgan Freeman thing? Oh, yes. All right. So you can also have people record stuff on this site as Optimus Prime. Do you want to hear some? Oh my God. Do you want to hear some yes. of his Optimus yes. Prime yes. impressions here? Yes. Yes. All right. Tell me. I want you to tell me like which is the best one. And there's one in here that's just fucking terrible. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. I'll play this one. Here, here's here's the first one. Exclusive. 
exclusively on. Oh no, I don't want to. Bad. Yeah. All right, hold on. Let me play a different one. Here we go. I want to get to the really bad. I am Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots, and I come to you, the humans of Earth, and tell you this: one shall stand, and one shall fall. Uh, you like that one? Uh, uh, that's that's like seventy percent there. That's pretty good. Okay, that's pretty good. Let's try. Uh, what about? Uh, let's try this one. Let's try this one. Let's see how this guy sounds. Let's see here. of the human race, a species much like our own, capable of great compassion and great violence. Yeah, what do you think? Any good? That was uh, that was terrible. I don't even know that's supposed to be Optimus Prime. Right. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's try this guy. What do we got here? I am Optimus Prime. <laughs> it is up to us to spread the word. Hold on, I gotta find the best one. Let me just get to it. Here we go. Here so, we go. So far, the tuppy goes to the first guy. Is this it? Is this it? Connor Cronus. No, that's not it. It's gotta be the last one. Here we go. This is the best one ever. You gotta listen to this one. <laughs> this one is perfect. Hold on, here we go. This is Optimus Prime. <laughs> Whoa, dude, that's Freddy Krueger. My voice. If you like my work, then offer now for just five dollars. I am Optimus Prime. I am coming. <laughs> oh my god, the fucking creeper Optimus Prime. That is the worst. Honestly, I want to pay the guy five dollars just to repeat a script of him saying that he's the worst Optimus Prime. <laughs> impression on the entire internet oh, i might i might like make that happen bart simpson chalkboard treatment oh, that was say terrible. it over and over and over again oh, wow yeah uh dan did you go over your worst uh no i, I <laughs> sorry i i'm getting sidetracked i had a lot i'm sorry that's okay man yeah there was a a few in jake's list which were which were runners up and stuff um but my worst villain is uh x24 from from logan um not the portrayal or anything just the 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 writing and the 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 fact that he turned up and existed in the first place you you can't let that shit go can you I can't know. I asked me to round up the year. I'm going to point out my biggest disappointments. <laughs> so yeah, X24 for me. Oh yeah, you're you're. I'm throwing you on my fucking list, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Worst villain, Dan. 2018. Yeah, Tupperware Award Show. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, let's go on to. You guys ready for best hero? Yeah. All right, best hero of the year. Best hero of the year. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost.
shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. Yes, the uh, best hero of the year, Jake. Uh, who do you've got? Who do I have? I have a runner-up. My runner-up is Lego Batman. So, <laughs> got to give him some props in here, throw some Lego Batman love. Uh, but my winner is, um, you know, kind of a little bit for the same reason that you gave some revival love. I got to give, I got to give this for best hero. I got to give it to Wolverine for finally having a good solo movie. Shut up, Dan. <laughs> the high tasted Jake, high tasted. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, Jake. That's the thing. Like our listeners do that all the time. Like our listeners like accused me of you, me and you of tossing Spider Man Homecoming, which we did not. And yes. so Dan gave Logan a high tasted. So let's. I apologize. I will not slack. perpetuate that myself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm giving my best hero to Logan. Nice. It's a great pick. Great pick. Um, no, no runner-up or anything. I gave runner-up to Lego Batman. Oh, okay. You have a worst hero. Worst? Uh, did you want to wait on that or? I'll give it right now. It's the worst hero is regular Batman. Uh, we basically spent all 2017 talking about who the next Batman would be. So I think Batman is pretty tarnished and had a very terrible year. Worst hero, Batman. Do you mean like? Ben Affleck's Batman. Ben Affleck movie, DC movie Batman. Yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna. But he's mine as well. I'm. It's mine too. So <laughs> I sweep it. Yeah. Worst. Yeah, my worst hero was Ben Affleck as Batman. Is what I've written down. So. Yeah, mine's yeah. Batman. Uh, completely unrecognizable as Batman. Uh, terrible, terrible. Just start to finish. No. All right, Dan. Who do you got for uh, best hero? Uh, my best, I have to think about this because I thought I was going to do, you know, like uh, people that played roles in movies, which were like really good, but they're also doing really cool stuff like outside of it as well. Um, but I, I couldn't really think of anybody. Um, so I'm just going to go, uh, my best hero for this year is, uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi because, um, I know it's contentious for some people, but I loved, the way we were reintroduced to Luke, I loved his attitude being so different and um, the fact that he was, you know, almost like Yoda was in Empire. You know, he was kind of like quite flippant with a lot of things, which I thought was funny. And um, I just loved the way that his entire character arc sort of came round. And, you know, at the end of the day, he, he saved everybody. And, oh, man, that movie. I'm not doing any spoilers, but, um, yeah, I, I, Luke Skywalker. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great pick. He's my runner up for best nice. hero is uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. So for the same reasons, man, um, really, really love that film. And I know it's divisive and I, I didn't like it. Not my Luke, whatever. <laughs> this is my award show. So chill, just chill the fuck out. That's my pick. Um, but uh, my best hero of the year is uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Um, by far and away, like the best moment is no man's land um for me it just that was just one of the best scenes i've seen in a in a modern day superhero movie it was incredible she was just she embodies the character and i i love that movie and dan i, I know you're not a fan of it but 
you know, this is this is my this is my pick. I thought she was she was phenomenal in that film. So that she's my top uh, hero of 2017. So that's a great pick. I, I know, I know, I'm not a fan of the film, but you know, Gal Gadot as as a person and representing women, she's fucking fantastic. You well, know, the- growing up, I mean, as a boy, I got to grow up and see you know Christopher Reeve play Superman, and then like I could throw on a cape and go in my backyard and run around like a jackass. But like, what's my sister doing? She's picking, you know, she's got she she doesn't have anything, you know. She's yeah. got her Barbie dolls and stuff like that. Now it's like now girls growing up, they can they can pop in the. Uh, the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman Blu-ray, and they've got a hero that they can look up to, uh, look up to as well. I mean, this she's doing for young girls what what was happening for us as young boys, um, yeah. you know, when we were you know years ago. So I think it's I think it's about time that we we're that we're getting these movies. Just make them good, you know. We don't need Electras. I mean, just make good movies, you know. I mean, that's why I'm hoping like you know Captain Marvel in 2019 when we get that movie that it's going to live up to like what we really want that film to be. It seems like yeah. it's shaping up to be something special. Ben Mendelsohn possibly in the – I think he is in the film. You know, and we've got, you know, uh, Samuel Jackson and stuff like that. I, I'm really looking forward to it. So we'll see. But uh, let's move on to our next category, which is the toy of the year. Yeah, here we go. Best toy of the year. Just get those wonderful toys. <laughs> I'm not even going to waste anybody's time with this. I don't have anything. So you guys knock yourselves out. <laughs> you got Dan, you got a toy? Uh, yes, I do. Go for it. Uh, I have chosen uh, – no runner-ups, just the winner – is the Spin Masters Hero Edition of uh, BB-8, the remote-controllable um, BB-8 unit that is – It's. I don't think it's full – it's not full-size, but it's uh, It's like two-thirds bigger than um, the 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 Spiro one that came out, and this is yeah, the Hero Edition that got released this year. I think Joe Martin got it for Christmas, which um, I've seen some videos of, and I've wanted this. I haven't got it because it's so much damn money, but it's um, yeah, released at uh, $230, and this thing reacts to voice commands. It has the the remote as well if you want to sort of like manually control him. But my god, just having an actual like fully functioning BB-8 around the house would be fucking amazing. Yeah. So, yep, Spin Masters Hero BB-8 is my toy of the year. Whew, Two hundred and forty bucks. That's yeah. sweet as fuck though. I've seen the videos too, and that thing is sweet. Yep. <laughs> All right. I I also have no runner up. I am giving toy of the year to the. Maleficent Pop, uh, she's in dragon form Jesus from Christ. Sleeping Beauty. It is the best Funko Pop in my entire collection. I love this thing. Oh man, it's gorgeous. Wow. I think even if you're even if you're not a Funko Pop guy, this thing is beautiful. Like you can barely even tell it is a Funko Pop because it, it is a dragon, so it doesn't have its dead child eyes or anything. <laughs> So it, it is pretty awesome. Detailed, like, just all over, 362. Like, even even the bottom of it has the scales on the tail and everything. Like, I, I couldn't keep this thing in the box. It was so gorgeous. Oh, shit, so. you unboxed it. <laughs> yeah, well, I took it out, looked at it, and then put it back in. Okay. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> no, 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 who won't? Resealed. <laughs> yeah, never opened. <laughs> I... So, yeah, that's my winner, the Maleficent Pop. All right. Um, let's see here. Video game of the year. Video game of the year. Welcome to Video Land. 
right, guys. Again, I have nothing for this one, so I'll uh, kind of just let you guys take over from this point. Video game of the year. Cool. Video game Some, of the year. Do you want me to go first, dude? Go for it. Okay, uh, my runner-up this year is Injustice 2. I have it on the PlayStation 4. Super solid fighting game. Amazing roster of characters from like the DC Universe. Uh, um, absolutely amazing fun to play. Kicking people's ass with Hellboy and Swamp Thing has, I was going to say, never been so much fun, but has never been done. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's awesome. And in fact, it's such a good game. They're actually, they're actually doing like, high stakes money tournaments now that's how solid this is so that like shows you like the quality of this game it's beautiful to look at the story mode is absolutely fantastic as well it is it is like a lot darker than, than a lot of the you know like the dc runs that we have at the moment but you know they based the injustice comic on the first game so this is a con- like, continuation of that story with like the superman gone bad sort of thing so yeah that's my runner-up um but my video game of the year and this was really difficult because there is so many amazing games this year um but it's actually a game that i picked up this week and i got it because it was recommended to me by one of the this army w- members it, we're in 2018 dan you got it this week yeah but it came out in april i think <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I just, I would just, I never heard of it before. All right. And um, yeah, basically, Mike, who was on one of the LAP episodes with me, he recommended it, and it sounded like something I'd really enjoy. And I picked it up, and I've been playing it, and it's fucking fantastic. And it is called Hollow Knight, and it is um, uh, it's a, a Metroidvania style game. So it's like Super Metroid meets Castlevania, like a, a, a huge interconnected map. Uh, it's like an RPG where you like pick up new skills to help yourself like traverse around the map, and it's almost like if Tim Burton had made a video game. Like the art style is is absolutely gorgeous. It looks like it's all hand animated. I don't think it is, but it, it looks that way. And um, oh man, it's just it's so much fun. It's really fluid, really solid, and it's only I'm assuming it's about ten bucks for the US. Um, and you can pick it up on Steam, so I think it's I think it's PC only because I did look for it on my PlayStation, but it wasn't there. But um, it's absolutely amazing, just really fun game. Like harkens back to all those old like side scrolling um, Castlevania, Super Metroid games that we used to play. Really original art style, incredible music, and it's just super super fun. It's absolutely beautiful. Wow, that sounds amazing. I, I want to play that. I wish it was on PlayStation. Yeah, I know. I look. That's the first place I look, man. But yeah, I can only find it on Steam, so I have to like plug in my Xbox controller into my PC to play it. But oh, it is good. It is really, really good. Oh man, nice pick, Dan. Nice pick. All right, I got a runner up. My my runner up is a game that um, drove me absolutely crazy for thirty days, so I had to give it some props. It is Everwing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, Everwing is a facebook messenger game that you can pull up you can pull up the games tab tab and click it and find everwing it is like an updated galaga for this generation it's a completely like add version of galaga and oh man i was just addicted to this game like fucking crack for like a straight month i tried to pass on that addiction as much as possible to other people that worked too and that was fun i had kirby absolutely fucking fascinated and drooling over this dumb shit so yep, gotta get ever wings from you too that's right yeah there's about eight of us that were all playing it jesus christ <laughs> uh, Everwing. it's so simple but so addictive and so fun that shit was like crack i had it i hadn't been cracked on a game like that for a very long time so i had to give that some love <laughs> i couldn't stop playing it it was stupid <laughs> 
I'm giving I'm giving video game of the year to Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, finally, I don't have to shake my fist while I'm playing a Zelda game. I've just been the most frustrated Nintendo fan during the kind of Wii Wii U phase where I had to just sh- fucking shake everything to play these games. I'm not trying to like hurt my wrist while I'm playing a Zelda game, and it's we're back. And not only are we back from that, but the game itself is just stunning. It's a giant open world. You truly can just do whatever you want, whenever you want, you know, as far as the side quests and everything. It just really feels like you're just dropped into Hyrule for the first time. It's uh, Breath of the Wild is just too much. Video game of the year. Nice. All right. Uh, everybody hit. Did I lose somebody? <laughs> Nope. No. Okay. I heard something. Um, let's see here. We're going to move on to uh, animated TV shows. Um, I have a category if you guys have it. I think I forgot to bring it up to you, but it's best new animated. I don't know if I told you guys that you could pick, pick uh, best new animated or not. If you, no, didn't, you didn't, that's fine. I'll, I'll give you guys mine. Um, and then we'll jump into the best animated TV show of the year. But I have three that I wanted to talk about for best new animated. Um, the Number th- in the three spot is Last Man on the VRV app. Uh, it's awesome. Fighting, magic, mystery. It's just a, and the animation style is amazing. It's based on a French comic book. So if you have the VRV app, definitely check out Last Man. It's a VRV exclusive. Um, the next one is Tarantula on TBS. I love this show. Danny McBride is like an executive producer on this one. And I talked about it last week a little bit. It's, um, it reminds me of like Cheech and Chong meets, uh, what's that? <laughs> Cheech and Chong meets the dude from the Big Lebowski meets the King of the Hill. It's, it's, it's a great show. It kind of fills that King of the Hill void for me that I've been missing like the last, you know, 10 years since that's been off the air. Um, and then my favorite new animated TV show is Big Mouth on Netflix. Um, the, uh, Nick Kroll, um, what's his name? John Mulaney animated show with the, Hormone monsters. I, I, oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely loved the show. I had so much fun with uh, yeah. Big Mouth on Netflix. So I'm going to give that uh, my best new animated show of the year. But yeah, we'll jump into um, best animated show of the year. Let me play the bumper here. If I can find it, these are totally out of order, and I am on medication, and this sucks. Here we go. Best animated show of the year. What do you guys got for uh, best animated TV show of the year? Uh, if I can jump in on this one, dude, because yeah. my best animated TV show of the year is your best new animated TV show of the year. It's Big Mouth for me. I, I listened to you guys mention it, and uh, I know Nana Pratt spoke about it as well when I did a, a show with him, and I, I jumped on that the day after, after everyone was talking about it. I haven't laughed like that. At a TV show in so long. 
I really haven't. It is, it's one of the funniest things I've ever watched. It is absolutely brilliant. All the voice talent is fantastic. The art style is, is, is weird, but it's kind of adorable all at the same time. And the hormone monsters, dear God, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just, it's so damn funny. I just, I just absolutely love it, man. Yeah. So Big Mouth is my, um, is my winner and I would give honorable mentions to, uh, Rick and Morty and the new season of Archer as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Big Mouth, man. Such a, such a great show. I, I didn't know like how much I was going to like it until they, it got a few more episodes into it and I just started to, Oh my god! I just Jason Mansukis is in this, and it's nice hearing him back with Nick Kroll. You know, I love those guys on the league. Yeah, it's a that's a great fucking pick, dude. I know, like you know, Jenny Slate is brilliant in it as well, and obviously like Jordan Peele there as well. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) fucking ghost. Oh my god, yeah, but it just—it's just the hormone monsters, man. It just they kill me, and it's such a like it's a a a really real look, you know, like. Coming into like adulthood as a kid, it's brutal. Oh hell yeah, absolutely brutal. They'll tackle stuff, and you'll like remember, like, oh my god, I remember thinking that when I was a kid. (laughs) You know who's the who's the creative force behind that, guys? John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Oh, Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, man. If you haven't watched it, Jake, it is it's so damn funny, man. And and if you watch it for. Because I think they're only about like 22 minutes, like an episode. Is that right? Yeah, I think they're just like 30-minute episodes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you sort of just sort of find yourself for like an hour, just maybe like just bash through a couple of them, see what you think. Because like Brian was saying, it it took me a couple as well. Because when you watch the first episode, you're like, this is pretty fucking full on, like right at the beginning. And then once you kind of like fall into the humor, it just gets better and better from there, man. It's so damn funny. Yeah, I mean, both of you guys gave it an award. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Awesome. What do you got, Jake? So, yeah, my, my animated TV show of the year, I'm going to give it to Food Wars Season 3. Uh, this is one of my favorite animes ever. This was the craziest, nuttiest season season ever. Um, it's an action anime. It's about cooking competitions. Uh, this show is just wild. I talked about it on a previous episode. If you haven't seen Food Wars, you have to check it out. It's on Crunchyroll. Uh, so far, there's no English dub. You have to watch it with subtitles. But they are working on an English dub that is coming sometime this year. Um, but, yeah, season three was 2017. Season four is coming this year. Uh, I can't wait to watch more of this ridiculous show. And, and I say ridiculous, but there is so much high-stakes drama in this show. It, it's just unbelievable. I've gotten Michelle addicted to this show because she's been forced to watch it enough, being out in the living room while I'm watching it, to now be hooked by it so oh this is such good stuff so what's it it about man it's basically a guy is like goes into a culinary school and it's like the culinary school is like the most top-notch culinary school possible and but they take everything just super serious like the cooking competitions are all done like gladiator arena style (laughs) giant giant face-offs and but then everything is legit as far as like the recipes and the ingredients they're using and the animation is just gorgeous like don't watch this show on an empty stomach (laughs) yeah at least have some snacks (laughs) yeah it's wild and i really think this is an anime that like almost anyone could like like it's you really don't have to be a big anime person to uh really see what this is about and when the people try the food they show like what they feel inside from eating the food 
and the show refers to them as foodgasms, basically. <laughs> Pashoos! Yeah, exactly. There's, there, there are actual pashoos that happen in the show, so that, oh. that really cracked me up. So, oh, oh, wow. this, this show is too much. So I'm, I'm giving it to Food Wars for my winner. Nice. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. I've got a runner-up. Um, my runner-up is F is for Family Season 2. Uh, with Bill Burr. I love this show. It's uh, on Netflix and uh, it is getting a season three, but season two, I, I don't know. I, there's something about an animated version of Bill Burr yelling at his family and it's just <laughs> one of the best cartoons that are on TV right now. Um, in third place, I wanted to give it to Bojack Horseman season four. Um, Will Arnett, another strong year for him in my opinion. I, you know, I, Loved Lego Batman, which is saying a lot for me because I could not stand the Lego movie. So for as much as I loved the Lego Batman movie, um, you know, Will Arnett did it again here with BoJack Horseman season four, a very dark comedy, um, and some great, some great episodes in this season that are just memorable and just amazing. Um, the interactions with like, different, I don't want to spoil anything, but, um, you know, family interactions that he had in this season were just uh pretty awesome. So um second place I want to give it to South Park season twenty one. I South Park the last three, four seasons has just been incredibly strong and this is another strong season. I felt like last season kinda ended weak, um which was not really their fault. They didn't plan on things going a certain way, and when they did, they were like, "What the fuck do we do now?" <laughs> and so, but South Park season twenty-one came back really strong, and it was it was great. You know, Eric Cartman dating this season, and um, it was just a, a fantastic season. Uh, and then, of course, my my winner is Rick and Morty season four. This is the best animated show on television. Uh, season three, excuse me. But this is the best, um, I'm looking forward to season four. Uh, but yeah, season three is, it was just fantastic and it was worth the wait. I'm, I'm to the point where, you know, I understand a lot of people are like, you know, free, free Rick. Where's my, where's my Rick and Morty guys. I'm willing to wait a year and a half to two years. If we keep getting episodes like what we had this last season, you know, I, I can wait as long as they want me to from like, you know, like pickle Rick to like, what was the, the, you know, the, the one planet of the Rick and Morty's and, and everything. I, it's just, it was a great season. I, I love Rick and Morty. It's so good. There's nothing like it on TV. So that's my one. Yeah. What other animated show had people camping out at McDonald's this year? Yeah. That was a <laughs> fucking wreck. That was a mess. Anyway. Yeah. Rick and Morty season three is uh, number, number one for me. Let's move on into uh best animated movie of the year. If I can fucking find it. <laughs> Here we go. Can we do a quick break? Yeah. Let's do a break.
right, hey, we are back, and it is time for the animated movie of the year. The animated movie of the year. Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. To infinity and beyond. We going in there? Yep. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Yep. We're gonna just swim straight. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Sorry. All right, 2017's animated movie of the year. What do you guys got? I know, Dan, you don't have anything for this category. I I ain't got nothing. I haven't watched one animated movie from 2017 this year. I can't believe it. What have I been doing wow. in my life? Yeah, what are you doing with your life? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give runner-up to Lego Batman. I wanted to give give it some more love. But I'm going to give my winner to uh, Coco, the Pixar offering from this year. Um, I know Pixar also did Cars 3, I guess. But Coco was definitely their true shining star. Um, I just love this movie so much. So much imagination. So much fun. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Can't wait to have this at home so I can watch it 18 more times in a week and you know i'm already listening to the soundtrack on spotify this is a great movie coco all right i have um a runner-up and then i have uh three winners here that i wanted to go over my runner-up is uh starship troopers trader of mars i loved this movie um i'm a big starship troopers fan i love the the actual film that came out in 98 and um the Starship Trooper of Trader of Mars is basically a love letter to that, and it takes place 20 years later, and you catch up with all the same characters that you were introduced to in the uh, in the first original film. And it has the feel of the original film, and there's a lot of humor, and uh, some of the new characters that you get introduced to are a lot of fun. I was expecting to go into this and hate it, and I saw it in the theater. It had a one-night theatrical run. And I uh, went into the theater and I was expecting to hate it. And within 20 minutes, I'm like, why am I not hating this? Why am I loving this? And it continued to get better and better and better. And by the end of the movie, I was like, I, I love it. And I Tupperware it. And I actually, I bought it on Blu-ray a couple weeks ago. So Starship Trooper Trader of Mars is my runner up. Um, third place, I'm going to give it to Coco. Uh, Coco was a great movie. I, I saw this one uh, about two weeks ago and I, I really enjoyed it. Great story, a um, lot of fun, beautiful animation, um, and uh, yeah, Pixar did it again with that one. I thought it was fantastic. In second place, this movie actually came out here in the U.S. this year. It was a 2016 movie, but we didn't get it here until this year. I'm going to give it to Your Name. Your Name, uh, they're going to be making the live action. The J.J. Abrams um, is involved in the live action version of this one when it does come out, but your name is just just a phenomenal, phenomenal anime, and I loved this movie. Saw this one in the theater as well, and um, I highly recommend. You can buy it on Blu-ray right now, or you can rent it. I highly recommend Your Name. It's so good. But my top animated movie of the year is a movie that kind of just shook me to my core, and uh, it's called A Silent Voice. And uh, this is another anime, and this is, in my opinion, the best animated movie that came out all year. Like, I... The... The lessons and the themes that this movie teaches you. Um, I think this is a great movie to show to show young kids uh, as far as like you know anti-bullying, 
Um, I also, you know, kids dealing with uh, in high school that are dealing with depression and things like that. People that don't like themselves. This is a great movie for them to watch. Um, it really has some great lessons and great themes. The animation's great. There's moments in this movie where I found myself crying and tearing up because of the the lessons that it te- that it taught me. And um, it really made me think. And I love this movie. And I'm dying to own this one on Blu-ray, but it's not out yet. But uh, A Silent Voice is uh, my animated movie of the year. All right. All right. Great pick. I can't wait to see that. What, do you know when it comes out on Blu-ray finally? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I've uh, added it. I've put it into my Amazon. And I there's there's not, there, you can't even pre-order it yet. Last time I checked. So... Um, yeah, I'm checking iTunes right now, and it won't let it, same thing. You yeah. can't even pre-order the movie yet. Right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to owning that one. I do own Your Name because I, you know, I saw that one on Blu-ray, and I had to pick it up, and I love that movie. And I didn't think anything was going to top Your Name, and A Silent Voice came out and just... I wouldn't say it destroyed your name, but it, it it's, 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 it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Let's move on into our best TV show of the year. Best television show of the year. Uh, let's see here. Who wants to go first with their uh, best TV shows of the year? I can. Dan. Okay, I've got a lot of honorable mentions because I was saying to Jake off air that this has been an insane year for TV shows. Um, my honorable mentions are Stranger Things. Everyone knows Stranger Things. Preacher, Glow, Black Mirror, The Orville, final series of Sherlock, The Walking Dead. And Game of Thrones. Those are my honourable mentions. So, th- and this has been such a difficult choice. But my winner for TV show of the year it is Legion, because I've never seen anything like it on TV. And it being based in the X Men universe just makes it even better. And like Noah Hawley doing the show, and like Dan Stevens, it, it, and Aubrey Plaza. Like you were saying earlier, man, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's amazing. And like the, the cinematography is awesome and they, they play with sound and visuals all the way through. It's like going on this like insane acid trip in a lot of the episodes and you don't know what's real and you don't know what's fake and you don't know what's going on in his head. It's just absolutely amazing. I was, it was one of the TV shows I, I was proper hooked on. So there's not a lot of TV shows I will actually watch whilst they're being aired. You know, I'll like record them on the DVR. But this one, I was so hooked, I would make sure I was home so I could watch it live every single week. And that hasn't happened to me for years. So yeah, winner Legion, without a doubt. That's awesome, man. I didn't yeah, know. Nice that, pick, Dan. Yeah, I didn't know that was going to be your pick. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, I've got a uh, runner-up and a winner. Um, my runner-up is the final season of The Leftovers, Leftovers Season 3. Um, this really did it for me. Um, I'm glad that they got to do one final season. I'm glad they got to wrap some stuff up and give us some closure in, in their own sort of way. And, you know, in classic Lindelof style, we can still talk about that ending forever. So I, I really love it. I still love arguing about that ending. And um, whether or not Nora really did what she said she did, so... Well, I think we'll talk about that till the end of time if you've watched The Leftovers. And um, 
my TV show of the year is also Legion. Uh, that's Ooh. what I put down. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the the show this year that really blew my dick off. Like I didn't know a comic book show could be a comic book show like that, and I'm super pumped for more Legion and season two this year. And yeah, I mean this 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 did it for me. I mean this put Noah Hawley on the map for me. I was. I've not been on the Fargo train, so I just heard all the buzz and heard that this could be good. And wow, I did not believe what I saw when I tuned in to watch Legion. And just like Dan, it takes a lot for me to give a shit and be there every week for a weekly episodic TV show. I just I struggle with that. I usually just watch them after unless I'm hooked. And uh, I was here. I think there was only one week where I had to double up and watch two episodes of this show. So <laughs> crowning achievement for me. But yeah, Legion, <laughs> Legion, it's my favorite tv show of the year that's awesome um i have a lot of honorable mentions and i'm going to go over each one of them not in great detail but i wanted to at least mention them um legion Mm -hmm. legion being one of my honorable mentions i i you know i did a podcast on it i thought it was a fantastic show um stranger things season two another one of my honorable mentions um the last man on earth season four this show is just tremendous i um, it just recently came back with a new episode um, this past week, but um, season four has just been amazing. Uh, Louder Milk on Audience Network. I absolutely love this comedy. It's a dark comedy. It's about recovering alcoholics, and it stars John Livingston from uh, Office Space, if you guys have seen that. Um, or is it Ron Livingston? Sorry, Ron Livingston. I, I love it. It's from um, uh, one of the Fairley brothers. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Sneaky Pete on Amazon Prime, uh, Giovanni mm-hmm. Ribisi. I I love Sneaky Pete. Brian Cranston, great show. American Gods on Stars. Um, Ian McShane absolutely loved this season with Chrisman Glover and um, what's it? Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what Leave Schreiber's brother's name is. Uh, Pablo Schreiber. Um, such a great show. Loved American Gods. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale is another one. Um, mm, great pick on Hulu. I love that. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on um, Amazon Prime. I want to give some shout out to that. Uh, Mr. Mercedes on the Audience Network. Another fantastic show that I loved. And um, the last honorable mention that I have before I get to my runner-up and my winners is Black Mirror season four. I absolutely love Black Mirror season four. Such a great show, and I I loved each and every episode in season four. I thought they were all fantastic. Um, absolutely, run- absolutely amazing year for TV this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The yeah. amount of choice. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, I know I've left some things off my list too. So that's yeah, exactly. Well, me too, man. Like you're saying, um, yeah. uh, American gods as well, you know, that should have been there, but I just, there was so much to write down. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, my runner up this year, uh, is the leftovers. Um, the final season, and it was just just a great season. I thought the the ending was very satisfying for me, not knowing. I love not knowing. Um, I, I have my own theories on you know whether Nora did what she said she did, but it doesn't matter because it was it, it, when it all ended, it was just just the whole thing from top to bottom was great. Um, I, I was worried when they got into like the whole like season two when they got into the whole hotel thing, and when they revisited it, I, I applauded that they went back to the hotel story. And uh, just Damon Lindelof making some daring choices, and and it really paid off for me that whole series. Um, number three uh, in uh, for best TV show of the year is going to be Glow. 
I absolutely loved Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling on Netflix. Um, I cannot wait for the second season. I think it all comes down to casting. The casting on this show has just been amazing. Um, number two is Taboo. Tom Hardy uh, and uh, I'm trying to take off that fucking dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy. Una Chaplin, um, Jesse Buckley, uh, just taboo, just not just covering the show on, on my podcast, but just, just the show itself. Just, there's nothing like it on, on TV. So amazing. My favorite TV show of the year, uh, was the deuce on HBO. I, I love this show. This, this show, I, I never thought that I would love a show about, 1970s prostitution and porn industry in New York City. As <laughs> so many dicks, so I, many dicks on this show. <laughs> I this show is just fantastic. I, I the two uh, the two hour um, pilot episode could have been longer. I mean, it could have been longer. Uh, I loved I loved every episode of The Deuce, and I cannot wait for the next season. It's it's so good. It's from the creators of The Wire and. Uh, um, was it uh, Simon's? Is it? I can't remember his name now. Driving, driving me crazy. But I love the Deuce on HBO. This is—it's the best show on TV. And J- it, James Franco is still good in it. I mean, he didn't ruin it, so don't worry about that. But, like, <laughs> That's always possible. I mean, you've got Maggie Gyllenhaal in this show, just doing what she does best. I mean, it's fantastic. So that's that's my number one show of the year. Um, but uh, let's move on into our best announcement of the year. The announcement of the year. Dan, what do you got for best announcement of the year? Um, I've got one thing, but apparently it got announced in 2016. But um, it is Tesla Studios announced that they've made a real-life haptic suit. So anyone that's read Ready Player One knows that you put on a haptic suit to go into the Oasis. And these guys have basically come up with this suit, a full-body suit that you wear that has uh, electrodes in it and they stimulate different muscles so you can feel like you're being like hit or you're being like you're standing in like the desert like they can change temperature and things like that <clears throat> so it's a huge step forward for for vr that was one of the original purposes but it also you know goes into things like sports therapy and um uh, like online communication. So, you know, if like families are separated from each other, they can actually have simulated physical contact by giving each other hugs and things. It was, uh, it's quite interesting. Obviously, you can take that into another slightly kind of darker area if you want to as well. But, um, it was more the, uh, you know, like the, the, the release of this technology, which will eventually happen is, um, getting everybody closer to like a full, a full body VR version of, um, gaming. So I thought that was pretty fucking cool. But yeah, like I said, it was 2016, so I've kind of fucked up. 
<laughs> I thought it was great. Cat told me about it. I was like, oh, I've got to check that out. And then I saw the date. It was like September 2016. I was like, fuck. Oh, well, but, but there it there's is. No, there's no Oasis to go into, though, huh? Just the, just the haptic suit. Yeah, not yet. They have a, a VR paintball simulator. That's the one that they sell with it. So you can feel like the paintballs hitting you in the, like the back and, you know, wherever you get hit, you, you feel the blows. But it was more, it was more the other stuff that I was interested in, like, you know, like stepping into water. It would like cool the temperature of the suit, like around your ankles yeah. and give you like a sensation of, uh, like waves washing against you. Whatever. I just, like that. just want a fucking hand job. Anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get to the goods. Yeah, uh, that's what's going to happen, dude. You know, we always find ways to do that. As soon as people were like, we're going to get VR, they're like, right, Pornhub is on the case. VR porn immediately. So that'll, that'll be the first thing. Oh, boy, I get to <laughs> feel some ooh, waves crashing. No, I want I, I want some <laughs> petite hands on my cock. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Can the paintballs and the waves hit my dick? Yeah. <laughs> gently, gently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh... Uh, <laughs> you can tell I had trouble with this one. <laughs> oh no! Best announcement of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake. What do you got? Oh man, I don't mean to be controversial saying this at all, but oh, my, my best announcement of the year is Disney buying 20th Century Fox Film Division. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, it's sad to see Fox go and everything, but I'm looking at this glass half bowl and i'm excited about the good stuff that can come from it so box really hadn't been doing much with any of their uh divisions in, in a long while and you know even deadpool was ryan reynolds pushing his ideas not necessarily fox the studio having a great brainchild so uh, i'm excited to see what happens on the horizon of this uh, let's see here. I, I'm going to go with, um, I got three here. Um, number three is, uh, Netflix renewing Mystery Science Theater 3000 for a second season on, um, uh, on their streaming service, uh, which was, uh, was kind of like a late announcement. Uh, the, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 had already been out for quite a few months on the, on Netflix. And, uh, I was worried, are they going to come back with Jonah Ray and the robots? Are they going to come back? And yes, it got announced, so I cannot wait for the second. Uh, it'll be actually, it'll be officially season 12, cause this last season was, uh, officially season 11. Um, there's some things that I didn't like about it. You know, I don't like the new gypsy voice, and I'm not a big fan of the, of, uh, what's her name? Felicia Day. I don't, I, you know, but, yeah. uh, other than that, I, I really enjoyed, um, this new season. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Uh, what was your, what was your favorite film they covered? Can you think of that or? Uh, I'm trying to think. It was, I think it was the, the Bigfoot one that they did. I can't remember the title of it, but it was, right. I thought that that was good. I didn't really care for the Star Crash one, the one with Hasselhoff. I didn't think. Oh, it was, really? No, I love that one. <laughs> no, I didn't think that that was, I mean, it's got Hasselhoff in it, which is fine, but I don't think like the jokes really landed for me. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here. Number two is Brian Michael Bendis to DC. Um, that was a huge announcement. I don't know if it's the bet, like a considered a best announcement because it's kind of like a crushing blow to a lot of Marvel fans, but yeah. I, I, I think it is a great announcement. I think it's going to be interesting to see Brian Michael Bendis doing some books over at DC this year. 
And, um, I'm really interested to see how that gonna, how that's gonna go and like what titles he's gonna be on. My, uh. We, we, we don't know that yet. That's a great one. As far as I know, we don't. There's been a lot of speculation. People saying, you know, maybe Green Lantern and there's been speculation, but nothing as far as I know that's concrete. Uh, my number one announcement of the year is Obi-Wan Kenobi film. And, um, you know, I cannot wait for this movie. And, it, there's been some recent pictures of Ewan McGregor getting in shape. It has not been confirmed that he's been cast, but there's been, you know, some pictures of him on Instagram and things like that. And he's, he looks like he's in great shape. So I think it's, I think it's just a moment, uh, a matter of time before we hear about him coming back to do this movie. But like, that's my number one announcement was the Obi-Wan Kenobi film. Cannot wait. Jesus. I, I feel sorry for the guy that's not Ewan McGregor if they decide to go against him. And then my worst announcement of the year has got to be uh, <laughs> Disney purchasing Fox. So there you go. Kind of, you know, I just kind of wanted to balance that whole thing anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, let's move on into uh, director of the year. The best director of the year. So when I'm on stage, I want quiet on the set. NWA take two. All right. I've got a bunch, but I'm going to start up. Dan, we'll start off with you. Who do you got for director of the year? Okay. So my honorable mentions are uh, Jordan Peele for Get Out and Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi. Those are my second and third places. But my winner for director of the year is Taika Waititi for Thor Ragnarok. Um, I, I love this movie. But I would definitely give him huge props for everything that I loved about this film, taking his sense of humor into the movie, just like he did with like Hunt for the Wild People, uh, creating an incredibly like diverse but also tangible like planet and universe like within like the cosmic sphere of the, the Marvel MCU. Just absolutely fucking amazing. Doing things that I'd never seen done before for Thor so but my favorite bit in the entire film I can think of is when you get like Molnir cam right at the beginning you actually have like you know Molnir's view of it spinning around and like hitting all those bad guys yeah just excellent filmmaking I, amazing I, humor. I, yeah I actually pointed that out in my review talking about it how how I cannot believe that he was the first one to do that like it, I know. <laughs> it, it took him, it took him three, well, it took him three Thor movies and then it took like, you know, two, two Avengers movies for them to finally give us Mjolnir cam. I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> How good it is. So good as well. Just like fucking smashing into uh -huh. people and just, oh, it's so good. But yeah, uh, Taika Waititi, definitely direct, uh, director of the year for me. It's, uh, but Brian Johnson, it, it, the reason I didn't give it to him is because, um, you know, Star Wars is already very established. Whereas, you know, Ragnarok with the story that it took is something that we've never seen before. And he basically come up with, like, him and his team came up with everything that we saw, like, out of nowhere. You know, we'd never seen that planet before. We'd never seen, like, any of the, uh, the Grandmaster stuff before. And it was so finished and realized all the way through that I just, I, it just blew me away. It really did. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great pick, Dan. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man alright yeah, you care if I go no go for it alright my um, my runner up I'm going to give it to Edgar Wright for Baby Driver um, oh I missed that 
it's been a long time since we've gotten to see this kind of Edgar Wright movie because of all the stuff he had to go through with the Marvel. And, uh, uh, yeah, his directing blew me away on this. Uh, I'm going to give Noah Hawley some directing love before I go on to my winner for the TV realm of things. Um, like I was talking about with Legion, he's finally on my map, and the stuff he did for for Legion was just so good. And, um, Dan, I went ahead and gave it to Ryan Johnson for my director of the year. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I think I think he deserves it. I mean, he, he did such a good job that Disney saw within him to go ahead and let him direct three brand new Star Wars movies. So I know how you were saying you didn't give it to him because, you know, he didn't have to create something new. Well, he did such a good job that now that is what he's going to have to do, it seems like. so. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and award him for that and give him my, my best director. This was not a, mo- a year that I saw too many films in. I Pretty lackluster in the amount of movies I saw this year, so... I'm going to give it to Ryan Johnson. Nice. I did see a lot of movies this year, so I have uh, quite a few honorable mentions. I have a runner-up, and then I have my three big winners that I want to go over. Um, uh, my honorable mentions are Edgar Wright for Baby Driver. Uh, fantastic movie. Loved Baby Driver. Tupperware all the way. Um, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. I thought that that mm. was just a fantastic movie. I loved it. Uh, Greta Gerwig. Uh, she did a great job with Lady Bird. Um, I loved that movie. Fantastic movie. Denis Villeneuve for Blade Runner 2049. Um, if he, uh, it'd be a shame to leave him off of this list. He just, nobody could do that movie like he did it. Just fantastic. Uh, Catherine Bigelow for Detroit. Uh, I, John, John Boyega, his, uh, second film that he did this year. I, some of, some of the scenes are very hard to watch. In Detroit, but Catherine Bigelow did a great job with that film. My runner-up is Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi, uh, he, basically for some of the bold choices that he made and um, taking Star Wars in a different and new direction that I'm excited about. Uh, my three winners, number three, coming in at number three is Jordan Peele for Get Out, um, directorial debut for this guy, and he nailed it. This is a Blumhouse uh, horror film, thriller, and it was one of the best movies I saw all year and I love it and some of the visual styles like that that he had like uh trying to think like when in the uh subconscious when you know you could see different characters kind of like in that black dark room sink just, into the floor yeah mm. I mean yeah <laughs> I mean just I don't know just just a great movie uh number two is Sean Baker for the Florida Project um this guy, I cannot wait to see every movie Sean Baker does. The Florida Project was absolutely fantastic. Willem Dafoe was great in this movie. I loved it. And then my director of the year, I think this person is definitely worthy of this, um, giving it to Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman. Um, they said it couldn't be done. They said a Wonder Woman movie could not be done and done right. And I, I don't care what, I mean, for me, it was done right. I, and I feel like, it's it's the best DCEU movie that's come out, in my opinion. Um, right? It's hard to compare it to Man of Steel at this point. Um, but I, I I don't think anybody else could have done it. I don't think anybody else could have done it. Because, like, going into this, it felt like a lot of people were talking about how, like, they feel sorry for the person that has to take on Wonder Woman. And I remember before the movie came out, there was, like, that fan that fan trailer that somebody made and everybody's like, ah, that's how you need to do it. Cause the fan trailer was amazing. People were like, that's how you need to do a wonder woman movie. And we're, everybody was worried that 
Warner Brothers is going to fuck this movie up. And um, I'm just saying the proof is in the pudding that it had a 90 plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes and it made a shit ton of fucking money. And Patty Jenkins is the reason um, that it did, in my opinion. So she's my director of the year because she did what nobody else thought could be done. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great fucking pick. Uh, yeah, she had a lot of naysayers. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's move into our actress, uh, female actor of the year. When I can fucking find it. Here we go. Female actor of the year. Uh, Dan, what do you got? Hello? Yep, sorry, I was muted. Just realized. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got a, a few honorable mentions. Um, <clears throat> I have uh, Alison Williams for um, for playing Rose in Get Out. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. And as we were saying earlier, you know, Jordan Peele's like directorial debut gotta watch this movie at least twice you just have to just to appreciate her performance in particular there's like some of the things that you think are going one way um actually turn out to be incredibly devious uh, the next time you watch it it's an incredible performance and obviously that was you know the, how how she was doing it so i thought she was amazing from start to finish so yep uh, and uh, I'm going to give two shout outs to um, my favorite TV show ever, which is, I know Jake hates this, but it's The Walking Dead. I want to give um, shout outs to Melissa McBride as uh, Carol and um, Lauren Cohan as Maggie, because I think that uh, those two characters in particular are absolutely fantastic all the way through The Walking Dead, the character progression and the, the, the story arcs that they go on. But it's, it is the performance that, that makes those two characters so damn good and those two actresses in particular are incredibly talented. So I absolutely love them. Dan, uh, did but, you see yeah. that they announced, uh, Robert Kirkman announced a new showrunner for season nine today? No? Yeah, um, I, I have no information about her. Her name's Angela Kang. But uh, she's going to be our new showrunner for The Walking Dead Season 9. So Scott Gimple, I think, is still involved with AMC, still involved with The Walking Dead, but uh, not uh, as the showrunner going forward. So. Oh, wow. No, I didn't. That was today. Yeah, Robert Kirkman had a tweet earlier today about uh, Angela Kang. She has really nothing on her, on her like, um, credits. I mean, she's done, like, maybe two other things before this so there's really nothing for me to go on if she's going to be a good showrunner or not um so we'll find out here's hoping shit i see that she's done a lot of the walking dead episodes it seems to be that she was a writer on the show mm. the looks of things so oh man okay well that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> did gimple get pulled did he did he not want to step down i don't know anything about the story to be quite honest with you mm. Wow. Wow, that's yeah. a big shake-up. Well, thank you for letting me know. That's yeah, crazy. I'm actually happy that Gimple's not going to be the showrunner anymore. So Get some fresh blood in there. I Well, that's the th- I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Gimple was kind of like Kirkman's boy, and 
that's why he stuck around so long. I, yeah. I think they do need to shake it up a little bit. So I'm hoping. Yeah, why not, man? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. What's crazy is that the <laughs> the other two showrunners, uh, Glenn Mazzara and um, oh God, uh, Darabont, Darabont. Frank Darabont, are both suing AMC. So what? Yeah. Oh yeah. They've been in lawsuits with AMC. For, for oh shit! Now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they want that twid money. <laughs> they deserve it. Darabont deserves it, man. Darabont does deserve it. Give him his money and hush him That's up. It. Yeah, I've been. I've, I said to Brian the other day, I've been rewatching Walking Dead like from the beginning, and I'm up to season five now. Mm. So I'm about halfway through season five, and uh, yeah, it's. Um, when you go from the Frank, Frank Darabont episodes like onwards, you're just like, huh, this isn't quite <laughs> as good as it used to be. But like, Darabont's one of my favorite directors as well, man. And it's like, you know, you go through season one, it's like, wow, this is so fucking good. And then season two, it's you're like, oh shit, this really slows down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, those are my, those are my runners up. Um, and my best actress for, uh, 2017 is Aubrey Plaza for her role as Lenny and um, the devil with the yellow eyes in, yeah. uh, in Legion. Yeah. I cannot believe what she did with that role. Um, and I'm like I was saying earlier, like Brian was saying earlier and Jake, you know, we all love the show. And, but she was, it, if you took her out of either of those, you know, out of either of those roles, it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have had the same menace and the same threat she was absolutely fucking fantastic. And I never watched Parks and Rec before this. I actually went back and watched Parks and Rec and then saw her in that after I'd seen Legion. And that was a fucking weird change up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know her, I know her from this, you know, I don't know her from Parks and Rec. So that was really interesting, but she absolutely killed this role in every fucking like, sense the word i i she just she blew my mind in everything she did absolutely amazing loved it very cool. right, great pick very great cool. pick yeah um i picked three actresses um i'm just going to continue what dan was saying aubrey plaza is my third place and yeah shadow king for lenny i uh, just wow she really you know i i kind of had typecast her like i love her in parks and in some of the movies i've seen her in but she'd always kind of played the same kind of character and this really showed me like her chops and now i see that you know it was more of a typecast and she can only play that one type of character so i really want to see ingrid goes west i haven't seen that yet but yeah aubrey plaza gotta give that gotta give her third place um second place i'm giving to tessa thompson from thor ragnarok um, she really blew me away. I mean, I know it's an, a little bit of an unconventional pick, but, you know, I didn't expect to really like Valkyrie as much as I did. And I think a lot of it was her performance and her charisma and what she added to that character. I mean, and you could tell from her on Twitter that she was just living and breathing that character. And it, it showed on screen. And I, I really loved it. It was one of the standout things from the movie for me. So giving it to Tessa Thompson for her portrayal of Valkyrie. And then my best actress is going to be Carrie Coon, uh, specifically from the final season of The Leftovers. Uh, loved her all three seasons. Nora was my favorite character. Uh, the scene during the final season where Carrie Coon and Regina King work out their emotions while on the trampoline to Wu-Tang Clan 
is one of my favorite scenes of television ever. I mean, I just love that scene and what she gave into it. Like you can just, there's no words even said, but all the emotions can be read on their face and they're shifting as they're bouncing. And uh, it's just, what a great scene. Can I ask you a question about the leftovers? Yes. Do we find out what happens? Um, like as in like the original, like no event. No, you don't, you do not find out what the rapture was. No, <laughs> it's okay, Dan. Dan that's never what the show was about. Th- that's not what it's about, and like the answer never would have been satisfying for you anyway. I mean, I, I, that's what okay. I don't understand. Like, like the the thing with the Walking Dead. Like, do we really care about where the virus came from? It's science. Who gives a shit, right? I mean, science. I mean, <laughs> just just like I I, li- I just like being kind of like thrust into like the whole mystery of it. I I think sometimes when you get answers to those questions, it actually kind of like makes the show not as cool or you know i don't know yeah yeah like yeah, yeah yeah good example man because yeah, exactly. I, basically i i watched the first series the leftovers absolutely fell in love with the show but i can't get it anywhere unless i like pay through the nose for it for mm-hmm. season two and season three so I, i'm i'm dying to know what happens and now that mm-hmm. it's all wrapped up i i cannot like wait to find it so i might have to ask i might have to put in a few favors and get the rest of those because it's a fantastic show but jake is absolutely oh, right that the, the show's not about like why like why that stuff happened it's like it's mm-hmm. it's the it's how people react to it you yeah. know it's 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 it, that's what i love about it so yeah, and Lindelof was very face value about it. Like, I understand people being pissed off at Lost, but Lindelof, even before the first episode aired, was was telling us, listen, you're never going to find out the why of it. So just enjoy the ride. And so it was kind of that thing where I was never worried about whether they were going to stick that landing because I always yeah. knew it was never the point and they never would. Okay, cool. Well, with that in mind, I'll definitely be, like, you know, watching the next two series. Yeah. I'll Ooh. tell you this though, Dan. You get more mythology about it than you ever thought you would. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, cool! Oh, wow! I can't wait. I cannot wait. All right. So uh, I have a bunch of honorable mentions. I have uh, runner-up, and then I actually have my uh, top choices. So uh, for my honorable mentions, uh, Francis McNor- uh, Francis McDormand uh, for her portrayal in uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I thought she was great. In that movie, um, also want to shout out to uh, Rachel Brosnahan as Miriam Midge Maisel in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. Um, Aubrey Plaza for her performance in Legion and in Ingrid Goes West. I thought she was great in Ingrid Goes West as well. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, I want to give her a lot of props this year for her role in uh, Wind River as Jane Banner, and then also her role in Ingrid Goes West as well. I thought she was really good in that movie, too. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, of course, in HBO's The Deuce. Uh, I want to shout out uh, Carrie Coon for her performances in Fargo Season 4 and in Leftover Season 3. And then a uh, final uh, honorable mention is for Taraji P. Henson as Katherine Johnson in Hidden Figures, which I realize came out in 2016 but it was limited release and i did not see the movie until march and uh, it didn't have like a wide release until january of this year of last year excuse me so i'm gonna go ahead and throw it in there anyway i thought she was great uh my runner up is gonna be saoirse ronan as ladybird in ladybird i thought saoirse ronan was excellent in that movie i love that movie 
Um, I have for third place. I have it's tied. I've got two people: uh, Betty Gilpin in Glow, and for her performance in American Gods. I thought I love Betty Gilpin. I'm a huge Betty Gilpin fan now. Um, such a small role in American Gods, but one that really stuck with me. And then when I got her in Glow. Oh, on Netflix, I just I fell in love with her even more. She's so good. And then um, number three, also tied with Betty Gilpin, is Bria Vinate as Haley in the Florida Project. This actress, it's her first role ever. She totally surprised me. Um, she's basically known for being an Instagram personality. She's she's got different colors of hair and all these tattoos, like and. The director of the film was like, I want to cast somebody that looks like that in my movie. And he kept, you know, bringing different girls in to, to read for the role. And finally he's just like, nobody's doing it. I'm, you know what? I, I'll just bring this girl in and see what, <laughs> and see if she can act. You know, that's, let's see what she can do. So he actually brings in Bria Vanette to read for the role of Haley in the Florida project. This is what he wanted his actress to look like. And the girl ends up getting the role and she ends up nailing it. She's so good. And, uh, I want to see what she does in the future. Um, number two is, uh, Jesse Buckley, uh, who played Lorna bow on taboo. I love her now. I'm a huge Jesse Buckley fan. Um, I haven't seen the last post yet. It's on Amazon and I will be watching that. But um, anything that she does in the future, I'm going to be definitely watching it because I'm a big fan of hers now. And my top choice for uh, Best Actress, um, this was like a game-time decision. Um, one of the last movies that I saw from last year, I'm going to give it to Jessica Chastain for her role as uh, Molly Bloom in Molly's Game. I just talked about it on last week's episode. She is just so talented and what a great, I don't know. She just embodies the character and really pulls you into the story. And it's a, it's, it's a great performance. So good. And I, 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 Jessica Chastain just, I don't know. She's just so talented. I, I love Molly's Molly's game and, and most of it has to do with her performance as Molly Bloom. So yeah, Jessica Chastain is my number one. Nice man. It's nice. To actually, it's nice to see her getting like, you know, like a, a big, main role yeah. do you know what i mean like actually like carrying a movie by herself yeah and it, it's so cool to hear that she fucking kills it as well because i you totally sold me on that and i was telling cat about molly's yeah. game as well and what you told me about it and we're actually going to go see it tomorrow oh great because of what you said oh that's awesome i hope you enjoy it man i think you i think you'll love it dude it's uh such a great movie um I really I want to see it again. Like I, yeah. I, I'm thinking about going to see the post tomorrow, but part of me wants to jump in back into Molly's game and watch it again. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, you, maybe you should, man. I, I love to do that a lot when I'm like just fucking not doing my best. Like just go fucking see that comfort movie that's just gonna yeah. let you escape again. But oh god, it's uh, the post is Spielberg and it's Bob Odenkirk, it's Carrie Coon, it's I mean it's Streep, it's oh Hanks. my god, so. You know, Bob Odenkirk in a Spielberg movie. Like, I I want to see this. I've got to see it. So, yeah, I can't wait to see that either. Uh, let's move on into best male actor of the year. Best male actor in a film.
right. Yeah, Dan, who do you got for us? Uh, I have um, honorable mentions. Cause I don't really know, like, sort of the uh, the first, second place thing. But the, the guys that I thought of, basically, mm. I've got Andrew Lincoln, Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead. Uh, I not just for his stuff in this series, but you know, also for previous works. And again, just like I was saying about the other characters in Walking Dead, the character arc, and and people don't seem to realise how much stress that these people have to go through to do these roles. Um, and seeing him break down on screen and actually like buying every minute of it, or at least I do, I, I really enjoy that. And this is a guy that comes from this program called this life which was over here in england like back in the 90s and then he did teachers as well and then he's now he's rick grimes it's just it's fucking insane so yeah andrew lincoln um as an honorable mention and um james franco as tommy wiseau in the, <laughs> the, the disaster artist nice oh my god um Can like we... i was saying what were you gonna say no i want you to talk about this but i want you to definitely talk about this but i, I have a question to ask you once you get done i, I want to hear okay, yeah i want to hear your thoughts about this i think this is a i think this is a really interesting pick for you man okay well um, aside from well like i said when we when you and me spoke about it on the episode brian um i when i was watching it i thought i was like oh he i was like it's really good but it just kind of seems like he's kind of doing like a kind of com- comedic impression of the guy and yeah. i didn't think it was it was as legit as i thought it was and until the like post credit scene which was something that we we didn't actually speak about so spoilers anyone that hasn't seen this movie i'm telling you now this is a proper spoiler um, at the end of this movie, you actually get to see James Franco as Tommy Wiseau talk to the real Tommy Wiseau at a party at the end of this film. And that, like, alleviated all of my concerns that he was just kind of doing, like, a bad impression. Because they're the same damn person when when I was watching it. I was like, oh, they, he, like, sounds exactly the same. So it was, uh, it was, it was an amazing performance. Not just the stuff that he recreated from the scenes from the room, but also... You know, the, all the other off-camera stuff. I just thought he was amazing. So what's your question, dude? Yeah, that was, you kind of answered it, man. It was one of those things where I've heard like, not, you know, some debate as to whether he should be like considered to be nominated for like, you know, Golden Globes or, or, you know, you know, Oscars and things like that. Because did he really channel Tommy Wiseau or was it just like, just like an like a like a cheap impression um is yeah. what they're trying to figure out and you know it's you know it's you know that he can call it method acting but is that really what it is or is it just like you know him watching the room over and over and over again and just like acting like you know so i don't know i i i loved the film oh my god yeah. it's a great <laughs> fucking movie so i just i think it's i think it's kind of like it's it's subjective like i can understand like why one person would say oh it's you know, he's not channeling Tommy. That's just, he's just, you know, it's just a joke. And I can understand yeah. other people saying like, oh my God, he's like, he's like the embodiment of Tommy Wiseau. I totally get it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just wanted to hear your take on it. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is, man. I mean, for me, I, like I was just those cynical people as well. It's exactly the same. Really enjoyed the film. Thought it was fantastic and very, very funny. The performance is amazing. But just like you were saying, I didn't know whether or not he was just copying what, Tommy Wiseau did in the room, you know, I mean, a lot yeah. of people can do that. 
and then it wasn't until so that bugged me throughout the entire movie just a little bit i was like i don't know how good this really is until they came on screen at the same time and they had that little conversation it's only about two minutes long something like that and when I saw that, that put all of my fears at rest. The woman, like, the woman that played his like girlfriend in the movie, like the, yeah. she nailed her lines. Like when they showed like, oh yeah, <laughs> when they show them like back to back, like you know the split screen, like hers yeah. are perfectly synced up with the other actresses. It's insane. I know so, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just thought James Franco was was absolutely amazing as yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Yes, but um, yeah, but my winner for best actor is um Daniel Kaluuya, um from uh Get Out as yeah, Chris. Yeah, I thought that Great this thing. is a guy that I've seen like grow up on screen from his roles in uh, his Skins over here, and then he was in an episode of Black Mirror yeah. as well. Yeah, he was in the uh, second episode of the first season, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yep, exactly. And uh, I think he was uh, wasn't he. One of the characters from Sense8 as well, before they got rid of him. Oh, man. I'd I'm have trying to, to think. Oh, God, it's been three years since I've seen that, that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Season. Anyways, yeah. you know, so, you know, but, uh, you know, I've been following this guy for a long time, and I've always thought he was very, very good. And uh, and then this performance in Get Out, it was, you know, when I choose, like, a best actor or actress, they have to go through you know like a range of emotions they can't just be like incredibly like really funny or you know like an action star or something like that they actually just show me what they can do as an actor and man he just he was amazing in this film you know from start to finish it's like oh god the, the situations that he gets put in and the way that he reacts to them um are fantastic and i saw an interview with jordan peele as well and he said um that he he brought daniel into uh an audition and he said that well you've got to sit there on his chair and you have to like do these lines and then you have to like cry on cue and this is the scene where he is being hypnotized for the first time but just before the sink to the floor part and he just ran through the scene with him and he just like looked at him and just went yeah uh, this is why and like points to daniel and goes this is why i'm not in this film it's because because this guy can act you know he like he puts he puts the heart and he is the audience in this movie and i just thought he was fantastic and i also i just love the fact that I mean, he was written very well as well, but like the way he reacts to all the situations, incredibly genuine. And yeah. the way that he sells that is fantastic. So, yeah, Daniel Kluwer for me, all day, best actor. It's a great pick, man. Thank nice. you. Ah, loving all the get out love. Yeah. Oh, fucking amazing film. Jake. All right. It, my, my turn. All right. Um, yeah. Best actor. I just, I just have two. Um, I'm going to give my uh, runner-up to uh, Dan Stevens from Legion, but not just Legion. We've talked a lot about Legion. I also want to give it to him, honestly, for Beauty and the Beast. Um, I thought he was fantastic in that. Um, I mean, I don't know how they did the special effects, but they they really got his personality and quirkiness into the character. It didn't feel like just a giant CG thing. Like, I could really feel Dan Stevens in there, and I was very much impressed by that. Um, I also impressed by Dan Stevens' singing voice in that movie, too. So, yeah. <laughs> just, I, I gotta give him some love for Beauty and the Beast and not just Legion as my runner up. So, but I'm gonna give my winner to, uh, Dan, you gave your hero of the year to Luke Skywalker. I've given my actor of the year to Mark Hamill. Yay! Because, um, 
Um, you know, as well publicized, he did not enjoy the portrayal. But regardless of that, the professional that he is, he fucking gave this shit his all. He said, fuck it, even though I don't like it, I'm, I'm going to do his ask. And he, he, whatever he had to do, he dove into it. And wow, I mean, this was, it may not have been the portrayal of Luke that people wanted, but wow, what a story. And I don't think it could be sold without Hamill's performance. Like this is his defining performance to me in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, agreed. I think I personally have, this is my favorite Luke Skywalker performance he's ever done. Yeah, I mean, Luke Skywalker's great and way more heroic in the classic movies, but as far as Mark Hamill showing acting chops, that's that's not what's really happening in the classic trilogy. That's no. <laughs> um, uh, definitely what's happening here in The Last Jedi, and I, I'm going to award him for it. I, I love it. What about um, people starting this like online petition for Marvel to cast Mark Hamill as Doc Ock for Spider-Man Homecoming 2? I love it. I love it, too. Um, yeah, bring it. I mean, wow. Alfred Molina was like a fantastic Doc Ock. I didn't think it could any could get any better than Alfred Molina. Um, you know, and, and there had actually been rumors that they were wanting to recast Alfred Molina um, as Doc Ock for you know the Amazing Spider-Man films because wow. he'd done such a great it's, job. And it's so, just so perfect, do it again. <laughs> but now with you know Mark Hamill, and that's the thing, like Mark Hamill, like he got he 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 had a nice meaty role in the Last Jedi, and I, I recently watched the Kyle Mooney film Brigsby Bear with Mark Hamill in it. And yet Mark Hamill had such a small role in Brigsby Bear. And it's like, come on, let's give this guy some more to do. Let's give him some more work. I mean, yeah, we, I love his voice acting. He's a great joker. I, I loved him on regular show with skips and all this shit. You know, I, he's a great voice actor, but like, let's get him some live action fucking gigs, man. Let's make him, I know, and he know he's doing, you know, like the flash with trickster and shit like that. But like, Let's fucking make him Doc Ock, man. I, I love it. I love it. I'm like 100% yeah. behind it. So. I completely agree, Brian. It's almost to the point where it makes me wonder if he just doesn't want the work. I I don't know, man. Because it's Sorry. like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sorry, guys. If you're hearing that, my cat's rubbing his head up against my, oh, you're fine. my mic. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I, I, just, I don't know. He, he, I mean, he, he did fucking brigsby bear i mean i don't I, you know yeah it just feels like there's something weird going on with what he's what he's accepting like i feel like he probably could get more stuff but maybe there's just something i don't know maybe just his lifestyle he just didn't want to go all in on it or something i don't know i don't know i i i would just i don't know i'd do backflips if he fucking took on the role of doc ock it'd be perfect yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I don't think I think that a lot of people do actually typecast him, and they just they can't think of him as anything else but Luke. But if uh, and I know like <clears throat> like you were saying, you know, some people don't like the character or like you know the way that Luke went in Last Jedi, but that his acting is fucking fantastic in that film. So fucking give the guy some more work. He's clearly very very talented. He's just not one. He's not like a one note actor. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I had to give it to Mark Hamill. I just had to. That was like probably the first thing I knew when it came to the Tupperwares. Well, I've got, wow. I have, um, I have a lot of honorable mentions 
and runner-up and then best actors. So best male actors. So here we go. Um, I'm going to give uh, honorable mentions to Sam Rockwell for my cat. He missed me. Guys, I've been gone. <laughs> I apologize. I've been gone for three days. And so I like left them with a bunch of like food and water and stuff like that. And I had my sister check on him, but he's, yeah, dude, I missed you. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you too, but I gotta have you get down there. Um, so Sam Rockwell for his performance in Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, Ewan McGregor for Fargo season four. He was just fantastic in that, uh, in that whole, and my cat's back up here. Great. Um, uh, Idris Elba for Molly's game. <laughs> Sorry guys. God damn it. <laughs> um, uh, Mark Marin in Glow. Um, <clears throat> Willem, nice. Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project. Such a diff- we're so used to seeing Willem Dafoe play like the villain. Um, to see him playing kind of like you know the maintenance guy, a friendly maintenance guy at this uh, <laughs> Florida motel is just kind of a bizarre role. And he really he really got into the character. I mean, he actually showed up to the motel two weeks before they started filming just to watch people and how they lived um, there in these motels. And so um, I got to give him some love for that role. Jeremy Renner, his best performance since The Hurt Locker in Wind, R- in Wind River. Man, what a what a great movie Wind River was. Um, Dan Stevens for his role in Legion. Um, and then uh, my final honorable mention is Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Um, and uh, I... Yeah, I, Dan, you've already said pretty much everything there is to say about him. He was so good in that movie. My runner-up uh, is Kumail Nanjiani for The Big Sick. I oh, nice! Absolutely loved The Big Sick. I <laughs> such a such a great. I mean, you know, you think like the 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 romance comedies are dead, and I don't know if I want to put this in as a romance comedy, but in a way, it is. It's, it's I guess it's a dramedy, but it's you know. I, but it had like that indie feel and I, I loved it. The big sick is one of the best movies I've seen all year. So got to give it up to Kumail Nanjiani. His performance was so good in that movie. And with it being such a personal performance too, because it's basically the story of like how him and his wife met. So, um, all right. So my top three best male actors are, uh, number three, Woody Harrelson for War for the Planet of the Apes and for his role in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, played a villain in War for the Planet of the Apes, and he's so good. And um, I want people to remember this, um, how good he was this year, going into this year now where he's going to be playing Han Solo's mentor. A lot of people are kind of sleeping on the Han Solo movie. We haven't even gotten a trailer and people are voicing their disappointments uh, with, the, with the film already, which I think is a little premature. Um, but we are getting Woody Harrelson in the Han Solo film, and I can't wait to see that. And he was just, I mean, he had a stellar 2017, so good in Three Billboards, and then War for the Planet of the Apes. I, I, I don't know why I didn't put him on my villain of the year, because he's so good. He should have been number three. Uh, number two for me is Ian McShane. Uh, for American Gods as, uh, Mr. Wednesday. Just fucking amazing. I, God, Ian McShane just blows me away. Just so amazing. I, I love, um, watching this guy 
act now. It's it's made me kind of like go back and I've started Deadwood now just so I could get more. You know, oh, you started Deadwood? Yeah, I'm watching an episode every uh, every weekend. I make sure to like you know get an episode in. I'm only three episodes in, but um, oh man, Swearingen is one of my favorite television characters of all time. And uh, so, uh, Ian McShane's character. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great. I I just I gotta. I gotta watch more Ian McShane, and Ian McShane just killed it in American Gods this year for me. I thought he was great. My best actor of the year is Hugh Jackman as Logan. Oh, great pick! So I that I you know I I had to give it to him. It was just it's the last year he's playing Logan, and I didn't do that just to throw him a bone either. This is the best this is the best Logan performance I've seen him give. It was it was everything I've wanted to see in a Wolverine film, and um, I, it, he killed it, man. He just killed it, and I I love that movie. Uh, Logan is absolutely fantastic, so I got to give it to Hugh Jackman as my best best male performance um, this year. All right, uh, nice. let's. Move. Oh, that was awesome. That's one of my favorite best best actor picks you've ever done, Brian. Good job. I know okay. it's it's not my. I know I usually. <laughs> pull out some crazy obscure name but I, it, this year it was and I, hell I picked uh, Kevin Costner a few years back which, <laughs> you know but, and he was great yeah, I, I don't it. care he was great in Molly's game so anyway but, Costner was in Molly's game too yeah he played the father he was fucking amazing in that movie so alright let's move on into uh, best comic book movie of the year Culture Leftovers, best comic book movie of the year. Big man in a suit armor. Take that away. What are you? Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs> Why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. I'd like you to do me a favor. you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. All right, Dan, what do you've got? Uh, what have you got for uh, best comic book movie of the year? Again, this was another tough one, man. Uh, I've got honorable mentions for Logan because despite what everyone thinks, uh, I really, really like this film. Um, I thought, like you were saying, dude, Hugh Jackman is, is the Wolverine that we never knew we wanted and we definitely fucking don't deserve. He's, he's absolutely incredible in that role. Um, and obviously like, you know, Daphne Keane being incredible was X23 as well. Fantastic film. Uh, yeah. Um, but my, my second and third place go to, um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming because I, Absolutely love that film. Got it on the Blu-ray for Christmas. I know you guys. Well, you guys tasted it. That's right, isn't it? Yes, yes. I just paid yeah. ten bucks for it on iTunes on sale. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I really, I, I loved Homecoming. I thought it was a really like nice like return to form for for like a solo Spider-Man movie. Even though you know Iron Man was in it quite a lot, but I, I just Tom Holland as as Peter Parker just it just fills me with joy just to see an actual like kid playing a kid i know he's like in his like early 20s or something but it's definitely closer than toby Maguire. let's put it that way but yeah absolutely love homecoming um second place is guardians of the galaxy volume 2 i thought that that was uh it was 
absolutely fantastic. Um, it didn't quite live up to the first one, in my personal opinion, because there you know a lot of uh, like redone jokes and things like that. But I still Tupperware that film. Um, Kurt Russell, obviously, his ego, absolutely fantastic performance, and um, you know, blue blobs aside. I thought that it was it was it was amazing from start to finish. It was a fantastic film, uh, but my winner for comic book movie of the year, no surprises, is Thor Ragnarok, and um, Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi and um, Tom Hiddleston just firing on all cylinders on this one, like like the Thor that we you know we we didn't see it coming this one. It's all. I mean, we, we got a bit. In the, we got a bit in the trailers, but Jesus Christ, we had no idea it was going to be like this. It was the reason I love this movie so much is because it's it's like Flash Gordon, but 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 you know present day with all the amazing special effects and the crazy electronica um, like score and uh, Jeff Goldblum and Korg and. Um, immigrant song and Molnir Cam and it, you know the, the Devil's Anus every, everything about this movie I absolutely loved and the fact they kept stuff from us from the trailers is something that I cannot applaud them for enough you know like but not showing us the reveal oh, okay it's difficult to do this without spoiling it but you know <laughs> not showing us certain reveals and seeing Thor unleash the lightning god wrath on all those guys on the fucking rainbow bridge was amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing seeing all these lightning bolts come down from the sky and just taking motherfuckers out. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok, comic book movie of the year. Nice. All right. That was great. <laughs> 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 you just unleashed all of your lightning just on that. I, that I did. I get pumped when I think about it. Man. It's so good. Oh, man. I got, I got three myself. I got a third place i'm giving it to logan uh we've said so much about this already um let me let me give some shout outs to patrick stewart and his final performance here too yeah. um i thought he just oh did such a great job that even the trailer before seeing the movie made me so depressed and sad just because of patrick stewart's performance of professor x in this movie Ugh. so yeah logan's my third place uh second place i'm giving it to uh thor ragnarok uh every everything dan said it was just I did not expect it to be like quite a lark like it was, just all over the place with full on Jeff Goldblum. So that was amazing. It's and- my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, oh, have you listened to that whole song? No. Oh, yeah. You can find it it's online. on Spotify. It's hilarious. <laughs> Shit, I'm getting that now. <laughs> yeah, it's on Spotify. All right. Thanks. <laughs> My number one movie of the year, though, for me, it's it's comic book movie of the year. It's Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I mean, this one did it for me. I, I know, Dan, you didn't like it as much as the first, but for me, it was everything and more. And honestly, this was the only movie I saw this year where I, it literally broke me down. And I was, like, crying like a fucking baby in my seat. And I did not sign up for that in a full crowd, so I was almost even a little bit <laughs> embarrassed just by my trigger reaction to this movie, and so I just, I have to give it props. Like, now I'm fine when I watch it now, but I was, none of that was in the trailer. I was not ready for that. So, oh, that Yandu stuff really hit me. 
Mary so, all right, yeah. Mary Take Poppins, y'all. <laughs> um, what you say? I said I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you Carrie Poppins? Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I've got a couple honorable mentions. My first honorable mention is uh, <laughs> kind of a surprise pick. Um, not a lot of people will agree with me here, but I feel like this was this year's kind of like John Carter film. Um, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. It's based on a French comic. So I... You heard me right. I am not, I'm not mentioning Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I enjoyed Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets more than I enjoyed Spider-Man Homecoming. So I, sorry everybody, but that's just the truth of the matter. But, uh, I, I, Valerian was a lot of fun for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I saw it in 3D. I thought that it was a great experience and just kind of like a very experimental, crazy fun movie. Um, the, my uh, next honorable mention is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I uh, really, really enjoyed this film. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, I I don't know. I uh, I think it's kind of like right on par with the first one. I, I don't know which one I like better. I couldn't tell you. I, I really enjoy both of them. Number uh, – and here's my winners. Number three is Thor Ragnarok. I Thor Ragnarok, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's – I. I honestly think that it's Marvel's – it's a comedy, and uh, it worked. It worked. It, it just – just a just a really fun movie. It's it's Taika Waititi, who I love. You know, I loved Hunt for the Wilder People, and I'm just a big fan of of uh, his directorial style and his, uh, his humor. It just really came across, and this is what Thor needed. Thor was getting stale, and this is a way to kind of like – I don't know. Reinject the, the the name Thor. I mean, it's like it put some life back into it. And it and it, and it wasn't just like oh, let's just throw the Hulk into the movie to make it good. It, I mean, there's a lot of other elements that made this a great movie, just visually and and, and stylistically. You know, some of the choices that Taika Waititi made. Um, number two for me is Logan. Uh, sorry, damn it, my cat. Um, <laughs> number two for me is Logan. Just I don't know, fucking R-rated Wolverine killing people, just amazing. <laughs> His final performance, um, you know, fucking love. Daphne Keene, like you said, Dan, she was just she killed it in this movie. And um, Logan for me is just I don't know, man. You, you just it's it, it it's sad that it took forever for us to finally get like a great Wolverine solo film, but. Thank God we finally got it. And it was the last movie that he went out on. So that's awesome. Uh, and my best comic book movie of the year by far is Wonder Woman for me. It just, I don't know. When I think of 2000, when I think of comic book movies in 2017, I'm going to think of Wonder Woman and Logan. And Wonder Woman just edges out Logan for me. Um, I mean, it's been, character's been around for 70 plus years. And this movie should not <laughs> Nobody thought that it could be made and made well. And uh, Patty Jenkins just made a great movie. I can watch this over and over and over again. Um, I, the the complaints of comparing it to to Captain America kind of seems silly to me. Um, the character's been a, around longer than the character of Captain America, and. You know, sorry that they both revolve around wars, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how it happens. War happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. What's know. it good for? I don't know. It's just, I, 
I don't know. I don't know. But it just kind of drove me nuts. I, I just thought it was a fantastic film. So Wonder Woman for me is the best comic book movie of the year. Do you guys have a worst comic book movie of the year? Can we all just say it of at the same time? Of course I do. Maybe, I guess. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do too. So, um, Dan, what's your worst? Wonder Woman. going to count it down. <laughs> Really? Count You're gonna... it down and we can all say it at the same time. No, Dan, no. Dan said Wonder Woman for him. What? Oh, what no. What was my worst? I, uh, I I hate this film so much. And I know, like anyone listening, I know I'm in the major, major minority. There's there's five of us, and I know it's all by name. And I, I know that. I do understand. But for me, I just thought it was terrible mm. in almost every single way. But... What I will say is it doesn't take anything away from what we were saying earlier, man. I understand. I mean, you guys know, on LAP and on this show, I have been applauding this movie for everything that it's done. And like you were saying earlier, Brian, like, representation in movies is so fucking important. And the fact that this movie did so well and you know gave all those like all those little girls and you know anyone that's loved the character for all the people that loved it for you know the majority of people i'm so fucking happy for you i really am because that is exactly what i wanted you know i wanted wonder woman to like inspire people and you know like like you were saying brian give give women a character in the mainstream media and especially in comic book films that they can look up to that they can put on the cape they can put on the braces they can take the fucking shield and they can go out there in real life and kick some ass that's exactly what I wanted for most people that's exactly what it did it just didn't do it for me that's all so that's my worst film yeah, there you go there you go yeah I, you know I finally saw Wonder Woman a second time at home and I still I still really really love the movie but the last 25% definitely is like ugh, a little bit of a bummer for me like, you know, I brought up Ares kind of being a weak villain, and I, I wish I wish it stuck the landing, because the, the first, like, two-thirds are just golden for me. So, Good. Too- <laughs> yeah. I'm going to assume I know what you guys are going to choose for worst comic book movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's Justice League, right? Justice League. Brian, did you pick something different? No, Justice League's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I almost feel a little bit bad picking it though, because it's, it almost is on that level for me where it's like, it's just so, ter- I can't wait to see it again and laugh at how terrible it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say, you know, from Batman forgetting shit on the roof to the way, the most convoluted way possible they could have resurrected Superman. It was just too much. Oh god, it was awful. Just, you had, <laughs> Parademons exploding and leaving clues. It's what the fuck? (laughs) Leaving the mother box behind for Steppenwolf to just pick it up. Yeah, I don't know. It was so bad that somehow, dude, bro, Aquaman was fine. Oh, he was. I was so happy that he was okay. My God, what a relief! (laughs) And it's so sad. I can say that. You know, it's like like he was all right, which meant it was okay like that particular part was okay like that's like one of the best things like i say yeah come on he was okay he wasn't terrible (laughs) no no definitely wasn't his fault that it was the worst comic book movie of the year (laughs) no oh the special effects oh my god (laughs) oh god you could see the green screen bleeding through it's so fucking bad 
Yeah. Not as bad as Wonder Woman, though. No, no, you can see that on that as well. <laughs> fucking flip-flopping plastic people around. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I did, I did see Justice League. I, I did boycott it in the cinema, but I did manage to see it for free. And, um, yeah, I, I listened to your guys' review, like, before I saw it, and um, it... <laughs> It was. It wasn't as bad as I expected it to be, but it definitely wasn't good. No, it's it's not one of those movies that like I watch it and I get angry. Like, how could you do this? No. It's just it's just dumb. It's just like the yeah. the dumbest. I don't know. It's just it's it just panders to. I just, oh, I just uh, it's just terrible. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the, the main, my main problems with it are Batman is completely unrecognizable from the previous movie. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. like he's he's quipping, he's making jokes. Like when when they've just had this incredibly like death defying fight with Superman, where he's being choked out by him, and Superman says like, "Do you bleed?" When it all settles down, Superman's rolling around on the ground, and he goes, "Yep, something's definitely bleeding." <laughs> it's like that's not. Fucking Batman. Why is Batman making jokes? I don't <laughs> fucking understand. And he was completely overshadowed by his gadgets. And I know gadgets are a big thing for Batman, but at the end of the day, it's Bruce Wayne is a man that is Batman. It's not all the fucking tech that he uses. And he was totally overshadowed by everything that he used. It was, oh my god. Now, Henry Cavill, he was alright, but like, Superman coming back and being our, you know, our fucking, like, boy wonder and, like, you know, our boy scout and everything. Where the hell did that come from? So it took the guy to die to suddenly become, just wasn't, you know... It wasn't earned. Like, everybody no. was like, oh, this is what you guys have been asking for. You know, a lighter tone, a lighter... Su-. And it's like, they just... You just don't... But there's there was nothing that really led up to that it just kind of like happened and we're supposed to just buy into it and it it just came off weird and creepy it wasn't like i don't know it wasn't like christopher reeve where it was like natural and like i don't know it's just so weird it's just a weird yeah. movie it just <laughs> creepy like, said- like his mustache seat <laughs> <removal> job. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i you know, Brian, me and you, I think, have only seen three or four movies in the theater actually together. Yeah. And w- one thing I will give Justice League is it was probably my favorite movie to see sitting next to you. Because oh, yeah. I, I very much enjoyed having you right there to instantly laugh about stuff with. Oh, God, yes. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> Just anything that was, like, completely ridiculous, like, I could not stop from laughing, which happened quite a bit, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. So I will give it that. I mean, as much as I, as much more as I love the two Star Wars movies that we've seen together, this I will never take away the experience of seeing this opening night with you <laughs> and Pete too. All right, let's uh, let's finish off the episode with our movie of the year. Pop culture leftovers movie of the year. Best movie of the year. What do you guys got? Um, I'll go ahead and go real quick. I, I've got a third place, a second place, and a first place. I'm going to give my third place to uh, It, 
Uh, the movie really blew me away. Um, in a year that I was very disappointed by Stranger Things season two, I, I thought it was kind of the savior, and it was a great palate cleanser after the complete direct adaptation that was The Dark Tower, which just almost completely destroyed my brain. And so it came out less than a month later and really just like kind of redeemed the whole Stephen King movie thing for me. And I'm just so pumped to see what they're going to do with the second one and the casting of the adult actors. So my third place goes to it. Uh, second place I'm giving to Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, yeah, just loved it so much. I mean, we've, we've talked about this movie so much on the podcast. I, I can just move on. But, you know, that's the movie I saw the second most times in the theater because I just had to keep going. But actually, I saw one more movie in the theater more times than I saw The Last Jedi this year, and that is uh, Baby Driver, my winner for best movie. Uh, this movie really knocked my socks off. I saw it two days before Spider-Man Homecoming came out. And was just so blown away by it that when I went to go watch Spider-Man Homecoming a second time for the podcast, I couldn't do it. And I just went and saw Baby Driver a second time. And from there, it was just my go-to thing to do when I didn't have to work that day or had nothing else to do. It was I had a really terrible year in 2017. And man, Baby Driver for the two hours that it was on completely made me forget about everything. Um, I just fell into... The soundtrack, which blew me away, the combination, he did that, you know, kind of James Gunn thing, except in a different style with melding the music and the actual images. And uh, I just loved it so much. Um, I have it at home now. I've watched it about half a dozen times at home, and I still love it as much. Um, even I was scared that the Kevin Spacey stuff would make me not like it as much. <laughs> and when that broke out, I was like, fuck my favorite movie and I, I watched it again and I was like I guess it kind of helps that he plays a person that I don't like in the movie anyway so it didn't take that away from it for me and I'm giving it my movie of the year Baby Driver so Wait. thank you thank you Edgar Wright because this was the movie I needed this year I mean oof. tequila yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, so my uh, what have I got? I've got I've got one runner-up, uh, which I'm going to give to. Hmm, which one? I'm going to give it to War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I saw this, you know, in the cinema, and I love the Planet of the Apes trilogy. I I absolutely adore the first movie. Not so much the second one, but uh, as in, I still love it, but not as much as the first one. And this was a really good um, end to the trilogy and the end to Caesar's arc. It was really, really interesting. And but the, the themes and the points that were brought up in it were fantastic. And um, Andy Serkis just absolutely being incredible with Caesar, as always. And like Brian was saying earlier, Woody, Woody Harrelson, fantastic fantastic villain yeah. in this movie and i can't believe i didn't mention it before but um yeah it just uh it sort of kind of fell fell by the wayside in, in those sorts of things but yeah it's, it's definitely an honorable mention for my my movie of the year brilliant film um and my uh third place goes to the uh disaster artist because uh, as a biopic it's um it wasn't what i expected 
which was actually quite refreshing going in and not seeing like a, a like a pineapple express sort of you know piss take version of um of the tommy wiseau story and actually seeing a proper biopic done by um by james franco and um, all the guys involved was really interesting and it th- did throw me through a loop when i was like this is kind of serious at the beginning but because tommy wiseau is such a ridiculous human being everything that happened in it was actually kind of funny but um the performances were brilliant and it's a such an interesting story it's absolutely fascinating movie to watch to know that in tommy wiseau's own words that 99 percent of it is completely correct except for the lighting that's what he said yeah. <laughs> he's a weird guy <laughs> it's like <clears throat> the one percent of the movie that is wrong is the lighting in some of the scenes of the room that they've recreated so yeah so disaster disaster is for third place um my second place for best movie is is Get Out because I've never seen anything like this before. Um, lots of it was the trailers kind of made it look like a horror. I would personally say it was more of a thriller. Um, and uh, some people were pissed off that you know that they thought the trailers misled them to think it was something that it wasn't. But I, I don't I don't understand that. It's, if you just sit down and you just watch this movie, it's a, amazing performances from everyone the script is so expertly written from life experience and you know like clashes in 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 uh, like racial culture and and being that like that odd one out at parties and stuff and i mean you know it doesn't matter like you know, sort of like what your background is everyone's kind of had that experience but it's also very interesting to see you know from the other side like what chris goes through like on a day-to-day basis it's absolutely amazing and then like i was saying earlier on the second viewing of the movie everything reads completely differently and it's it's such a clever film it's like watching the sixth sense if you haven't had it ruined for you you know it's like going back and watching that movie again exactly the same with with get out as well just you know watch it one more time and just like read everyone's like lines and their expressions and their reactions to things just fascinating absolutely brilliant and for a directorial debut i i had to give him second place because it's unbelievably like it's just brilliant and on a pittance of a budget absolutely smashed the box office it's awesome movie um so but my best movie of the year no surprises is uh star wars the last jedi because uh, Ryan Johnson came along and he said, fuck your theories and um, this is what I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, for most people, we really enjoyed it. And and I was one of those guys. And I mean, Star Wars is hard to beat because I'm such a huge fan. Uh, and it was it was fantastic seeing a, you know, a brand new story told um from you know a different director and bringing in new characters and like catching up with old characters and things like that and i know there's a lot of people that had problems with with certain sections of it like canto bite and stuff like that but i personally really enjoyed them i thought they were really important for character development and and plot and expanding the universe um yeah i i absolutely love the last jedi and i thought it was a fantastic addition to the star wars saga it's a great choice. I uh, right. I've seen it six times already. So six, yeah, yeah, <laughs> six, yeah. yeah. Jesus, I watched it. I watched it again last weekend. So, oh my god, yeah. man, <laughs> yeah, six times. Still a Tupperware. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have. Right. Uh, there is uh, next episode when we come back. There is. Uh, 
I do have a problem with the film. Um, Ooh. Not like not saying like it ruins the movie for me, but there is. And I'll tell you what, I'll talk to you guys about it after we wrap um, this okay. episode. And I was gonna bring it up next week with Jake, but it is it's something that uh, that happens in the movie that. Uh, it shouldn't happen. So I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'll, oh yeah. What a tease. Yeah. And it is kind of a big deal. It really is kind of a big deal. Um, awesome. when I bring it up, but, um, let's see here. My, I'm going to go over my honorable mentions, which I have quite a few. Um, Wonder Woman, of course, uh, Blade Runner 2049, uh, Hidden Figures, um, Detroit, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, The Florida Project, The Big Sick, Baby Driver, Lady Bird, and Get Out are all my honorable mentions. Um, most of them have been mentioned this episode. Um, my runner-up before I get to my three winners is Molly's Game. Uh, Molly's Game, of course, I talked about it last week, and I've talked about it this week, but it's a, it's a great movie based on a true story um, and uh, centers around Molly Bloom. The, they dubbed her, uh, the tabloids dubbed her the uh, Princess of Poker. And, uh, she set up games for, you know, like technology CEOs and celebrities and, and, um, just, uh, just a fascinating story. Great cast. Uh, let's see here. Number three, coming in at number three, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. This, what a, and I think like a lot of this has to do with like the experience too, seeing it in the movie theater, seeing it in the IMAX. It's just a tremendous film. Just a tremendous film. Um, the audio, the, uh, I, just the, the battles, um, the different stories, you know, whether it be like the story on land, sea, or air, they were all just compelling and fascinating. And once you kind of figure out that the movie takes place, the different time frames and like what you're actually watching, um, that, that helps. <laughs> so you gotta, I definitely recommend seeing this one twice. Um, number two for me is, uh, Taylor Sheridan's Wind River. That just, wow. Jeremy Renner, um, and, uh, Elizabeth Olsen are just amazing in this movie. And I love Taylor Sheridan and he directed this one. You know, usually I'm, you know, watching that he's something that he wrote, whether it be, you know, Sicario or whatever. But uh, Wind River was just just a great movie, and um, this almost made Wind River was almost my top movie of the year, almost my top movie of the year. But my top my top movie of the year has already been mentioned. Um, a Silent Voice is the best movie I've seen all year. It's the anime. It was my animated movie of the year, and it's the best movie I've seen all year. Um, it, wow, nice. Hands down, it's the best movie I've seen all year. It, uh, I love, and I've said this on so many different episodes, like, I love movies that make me feel something. And, like, this movie made me feel the most this year. It spoke to me, personally. I'm not, it, it just, it just really spoke to me. So I've got to give it to a silent voice. It is the, my favorite animated movie of the year, and it's also my favorite movie of the year. Um, I think, I think everybody needs to see this. If it, if it doesn't make you feel something, you're dead inside. So, it's um, <laughs> <laughs> not one for me then. Really, what it comes—it's <laughs> really what it comes down to. So, yeah, I highly recommend like when this is available to to uh, rent or or to own that you need to see a silent voice. It's that one movie um, that I think that everybody should watch. It's it's fucking fantastic. So, 
yeah, it's my movie of the year. Yay! Yay! And I'll, I did. I did want to point out to everybody that I did see all the money in the world. Um, the um, the movie, uh, the the Ridley Scott film. I didn't talk about it, but I did see it. It did not make any of my lists, so if that it's a, it, it was a taste it for me. I thought it was a fine movie, um, but it didn't make any of my lists, unfortunately. So yeah, that's the movie where they had Christopher Plummer, like re, you know, redo all the Kevin Spacey parts and shit like that. So oh god, but, awkward. Yeah, looks like there's going to be a limited release of the Silent Voice on. February 2nd? Hmm. It's going to be coming back to the theater? I recommend so, seeing it. So, it looks like one last chance before it finally gets released on Blu-ray, because I'm trying to see how I can see this damn thing. Bring your fucking tissues, man. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Bring your fucking tissues. It's... Oh. And, and one thing that we didn't actually say, which I know you guys normally say at the beginning of the, the Tuppies episodes, is that our lists are personal opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, I should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like someone's got through three hours. And they're just and, like, and, and, I and, don't agree with any of oh, this. Oh, I know. And again, <laughs> and again, it's like, it's it's one of those things where like, well, why didn't you mention this movie? Maybe I didn't see it, asshole. Exactly. You know, I, I, I've tried to see a lot of movies this year, but I haven't seen everything. I mean, there's been a few movies that I have not been able to see. The Post is one of them. I've, you know, that came out last year. I wanted to see it, but it has, uh, The Shape of Water, another movie. Shape of Water. I was going to say that too. Well, it doesn't get like a, it doesn't get like the, uh, the, the nationwide release until I think January 19th or, or, uh, that's what Del Toro said on his Twitter at least. So, I mean, some of these movies I haven't seen yet. So, yeah. Yeah. But, it's uh, just what we think. It's not set in stone. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just what yes. we it's what we personally enjoyed the most. That is it. Right, right. And, you know, and if I can get, like, a few more people to see A Silent Voice, I, by all means, I hope I do. Um, I think it was, like, me and, like, I think it was Benjamin Hickerson was, like, the other guy that, like, I, when I mentioned that I was going to go see it, like, he went and saw it. And, like, he he loved the movie, thought it was great. But... So, you know, I highly recommend yeah, if you can see it in theaters, I would highly recommend it. It's so good. Did you see the dub or the sub, Brian? I saw the subtitled. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cuz it looks like they do it looks like the one that's coming out in February is with the uh, English dub. Oh, I see. Yeah, I saw the subtitle. And it it's yeah, it worked for me, so. I I That's cool. Yeah. I I don't know how the dub sounds, but subtitle worked for me, man. It, it, it <laughs> fantastic fucking movie. Um, oh yeah, subtitles never bother me. If the if the story's there, the story's there, and yeah. just, your brain is just racing along at that point. And this isn't like like your name is great. I loved your name, um, but like there's really no in a silent voice. There's like no like sci-fi element. You know, like this is all. This is it's just a story and it's a great story, you know. So, yeah. But I don't know, that's it. That's all I got, guys. All right, yeah. The Tupperwares 2017. Yeah. There we go. In the fucking books. In the fucking books. So, all right, yeah. Uh we will see uh next week. Dan, I wanted to thank you for joining us for the your first uh award ceremony. 
that's okay. It was fun. I'm glad we didn't go into Wonder Woman more than I thought we would. It was great. <laughs> yeah, shit on me. <laughs> we can we can get into Spider Man Homecoming if you really want to, buddy. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. We've already done that <laughs> for like three hours. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay. If you want to dissect Wonder Woman a little bit more, we can dissect. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just fucking with you. I know, dude. All right, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's been a really fun. I really wanted to do this one. It was great. Awesome. Uh, I want to thank everybody for like the well wishes after my surgery and shit. So thank you so much um, for all the well wishes after my surgery. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully next week I'll be off the painkillers. <laughs> I'll be able, to, be able to fucking think straight. Uh, <laughs> Back, back to normal. Back to a normal PCL episode, whatever that is, right? Yeah, whatever the fuck that is. All right, guys, it's just like <laughs> all good leftovers. Say their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap." Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it Can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing That is pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good Have already been done before So we should separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap, even though we're the shit We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.